Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Who? Here at the Recycle Garage. Where? In sunny Santa Cruz, California. It's not as sunny as LA is, though. Thank God for that. Another beautiful day here. Hey, let's get to who we have here in the the train room slash studio. And just just heads up, I, I know this is gonna how this is gonna play because people have been coming in and out already. It's going to be a kerfuffle. But for the people who are here sitting in the seats right now, hey everyone, this is Liza. So you think you can dance? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I like this bit. Also in the room here, we've got Dan. Hey. That was it. All right, good. <laughs> On the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Matthew. How's it going? Now watch how a professional does it. Also on the classy girl couch tonight, we have Miss Emma. I'm every woman. It's all in me. And anything you want done, baby, do it naturally. Wow. Yes, thank you, darling. And that is how you do it. I can't comment. Going around the bend on the train side of the room, we have Evan. I think dogs should vote. Okay. It's just a thought. Okay. Also, in the uh, coming around on this train side of the room, we've got Naked Jim. Hey, what's up? LA's cool. Fuck, I dig LA. Woo! Motorcycles. I have to say, I'm really surprised you weren't naked at any point this weekend. Wow. Yeah, well, we were busy having fun. Not that I wasn't tempted. I, I, I got to tell you, Jim, before we go any further, you're breaking my heart. Tell, tell everyone what you're wearing. Oh, I'm willing. I'm wearing a, a Norton shirt, but on the but back it's not, it has. It's and what it says it. on the back. It has Rabers. Ah, Rest in pieces. Wah. Rest in pieces. But anyway, cool, so, man. Cool, also cool. coming in. Let's see. Let's see if we can get into seats. We have Bex. Aloha. Quick, fast, in a hurry. Awesome. Don't worry. Right here, Henry. Why don't you come right here on the classic girl couch? Terry will be joining us a little bit later. Go ahead. All right. So, so much to cover. Henry, while you get that mic set up, we're going to start talking about things that are going on. Emma, um, Jim and I were down in L.A. this weekend. Yes, you were. So you were here to open the shop and Uh, run things. What was going on in the shop? Yeah, we had a kind of lazy day, um, but we did a few things. Um, The big player today was Harrison. Uh, Triumph Tiger 1050 riding friend and you know Harrison's had this bike for blah, I want to say six months and we're still getting around to doing everything on it today we decided to flush all the fluids he's already been doing oil changes so um, first thing we did was the coolant and it had deteriorated to the stage where it came out of the bike looking like beef soup how many miles Oh, God, how many miles has that thing done? It's Just over 20,000. Yeah, it's 20. And Harrison now has over five. Yeah, so it's 25,000. That's not uh, that many, though. Yeah, I know, but it's it's a, it's time, you know? Time takes its toll, so we put some nice new coolant in it. Um, and, and he talked real nice to her. She, yeah. Oh, baby, I'm going to take good care oh, of ha- you. Oh, yeah, Harrison <laughs> talks real pretty to his bike when he works on her. He loves that bike. And Emma, didn't he say, oh, I want a project bike? And you're, and Liza was like, oh, wait a minute. 
yeah, maybe exactly. you should probably pay attention to the bike you have. You know, <laughs> so I've, listeners, I've gotten, hey. <laughs> I've gotten wise over the years. It seems the more bikes I own at any one time, the more it dilutes the bikes. When I have my best bikes, I only have like one or two of them. So, um, Chargers in the house. Charger is indeed in the house. So we did um, coolant and brake fluid on the Tiger. And then uh, Andre 3000 was back on his, <laughs> yes, on his um, CBR. Is that a 900 or a, uh, his CB900 or is it a 750? It was a 750. It's a 750. And, um, Actually, I think it's a 700. It might be. Mm-hmm. It might be one of those Reagan era specials. Seven, yeah. yeah, I believe. Um, and he was doing all the uh, instrument lights in the... Um, he was Speedo messing and the taco. with some wires and, and that some is some major stuff. You've got to dismantle the whole of the instrument pack to get at those bolts. A, a forty-year-old pack of wires, too. Yeah, with so forty-year-old rubber, and mm-hmm. yeah. So he did really well. Um, and that was kind of it. I rode the Guzzi today. I'm still having fuel cavitation problems with it, but I got a plan. I got a grand plan. What is it? Well, the biggest problem with that Guzzi is. It originally had a fuel pump in the tank, as most fuel-injected bikes did. And I moved the fuel pump to under the seat because I changed the gas tank. Um, The gas tank actually came off the bike that was part of the calendar shoot that I was photographed in bed with, the old TX500. And so even though the bike has gone to the Rainbow Bridge, darlings, the tank lives on on my goozy. But I have the fuel pump living under the seat, and it kind of gets a little bit warm and it starts cavitating the fuel. It removed my thumbprint. Yes. Um, <laughs> you don't need that anyway. And, you know, that's part of the thing. If you've got a fuel-injected bike and the pump is living in the tank, part of the reason the pump is in the tank to keep the pump cool. <laughs> so um, the grand plan is I bought myself a little one-gallon tank for a drift car off of eBay. All baffled up so that it doesn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around. It's a tiny little thing. It's about six inches square, but it holds exactly a gallon of fuel. And then I'm going to submerge the pump in that, and it can live under the seat. So I'll have three gallons in the tank, one gallon under the seat, so now I've got four gallons. That bike does about 30 to the gallon, so it'll give me about a 120-mile range, which <laughs> is getting quite decent for that. Because normally, at 90 miles, I'm looking for fuel very quickly. Mm. Because I love that bike, but my God, it drinks fuel. I rode it. It was fun. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you should ride mine. Yeah, Henry's <laughs> is, Henry's is... Well, Henry's has, got, has actually got brakes that work and <laughs> suspension that suspends and proper stuff. Oh, it's stuff. lovely on our mountain roads. Um, and oh. what, were you, what were you doing? You were doing valve clearances today on oh, your yeah. Sprint backs, weren't you? I was. Uh, 2000 Triumph Sprint ST valve clearances and super capitalized sport and lowercase tour. Right. And um, did my brakes, my rear brakes as yeah, well. I was inspired by, uh, by Harrison's adventure. And then, oh gosh, uh, Airbox. I noticed your tank looks different. That would be because of me. All right. That's Henry. <laughs> what happened? No, we can all say it. Henry, Henry's here in the room. Henry's Henry, in the room. what did you do? So, I was checking the valves on Bex's bike. He and got a new tool. Mm-hmm. Well, I checked the compression first, 
on Bex's bike and all three cylinders were fine. Her bike has an issue of burning up oil and we don't really know what it is. So I was checking the, uh, I was checking just the, uh, com the compression on the all three cylinders to see how it was. And it was fine. It was like 160 on all three cylinders. But when I was taking off the tank, the, there was a nozzle on the right side of the tank that kept on leaking a shit ton of fuel over time. So I turned the tank upside down. It's like, oh, that solves the problem. But then I was, yeah. Starting to make sense now. Yes. So about three, four hours later, you know, the garage, you know, we're working in a garage and, you know, it smelled like fuel because of all the <laughs> fuel that's leaking out. And I figure, oh, it's just Oh my gosh, fuel. it was terrible. Like but, two stories up, I'm working on something totally different in my house and I'm smelling fuel. But yes, yeah, so then Bex looks over at the tank. It's like, oh shit, that's a bunch of fuel coming out from the top. And we lift it up and just the... So don't turn a motorcycle fuel tank upside down, folks. Which is I'm, ironic. I'm, I'm thinking that most people don't need to be told that. Yeah, probably not. Well, um, Shiny side up. And um, plus, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was double trouble bags because fuel really shouldn't affect too much the factory paint. Right. This but is you, true. But this yours has got true. a rattle can black paint job on I, it, hasn't uh, it? Mm -hmm. Which, to be well, fair... Well, no, it used to. Yeah. Because well, now it's all dissolved. <laughs> <all. laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's well good. It's a misfit my, bike. Which is such a misfit. I was wondering where this my was going. rally. Yeah. Which, to be fair, it's the best battle can paint job you can possibly put on uh, a bike. The, the stripes on it are gorgeous, and it's like a pinstripe gold with a black, but it's all rattle canned. And this guy was like, yeah, I, I spray painted it all gold. And then he covered it with tape to spray paint the black, which I have to say, I suggest, because the pinstripes that came out are beautiful. The effort was... Not the, anymore. The effort Just was a, a 9.5 out of 10, while the tools and execution... Well, the tools were about a 2 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so you're averaged about a 4.5. Yeah. yeah, I think... No, I think it's, it's a solid 3 out of 10. <laughs> paint job. Agreed. But, um, but it's, it's like got that schwanky... I mean, she's her name's Trinity... Um, cause she is a tough, tough girl. Three cylinder bike. I know. Probably. Probably. So, she, she, she looks she, like a Vegas hooker. Kind of, yeah, actually. <laughs> and she has 13 on there. And this, the makeup's you know dripping. It's dripping. Yeah. It's kind of tacky. She's but she's, a she's tough got some leaks. Girl. But <laughs> I, you know, it might serve as a catalyst because I've been making noises about doing a paint job on your bike for a long time, Bex. And I have to say, I've, I didn't know how attached I was until I cried. <laughs> yeah, and you cried over I, that rattle can black. I did. <laughs> So, um, yeah. no, I've got some... Good job, yeah. Henry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did not feel very good after that. I've, I've got some well, really you're, you're not going to feel good after you repaint it, because that well, sucks, too. I'll no, I've painted right. it before. I know what it, yeah. I know I'm in for. I'll, I'll probably end up painting it. I've got some very, very dark green paint, like dark. midnight green paint. Off British of, racing green. It's Well, it's Buick racing green. It's off a of Riviera, <laughs> so, you know, it's like... How sporty can it be? Can we talk be. about the Buick on this? What, my supercharged Buick? Yeah, can we? You, you can talk about whatever you want. Oh my want gosh, ever. the Riviera is pretty rocking. <laughs> the friggin' couch. Have you done anything to it? Um, yeah, I put an underdrive pulley on it, so it, it got the boost up a little oh, bit. Yeah, so listeners, you know that pull that you feel when you like pull back the throttle? 
Emma has a, a actual car that does that too and pulls you back in the seat. And it's a Buick in a too. residential it's, it's, area. It's, it's, it's amazing. A, it's a piece of Detroit iron, darling. <laughs> it really is. But um, no, but that, I think that color would look good on your bike, and we'll do do duplicate the gold. Definitely and, looks you know, better than it, what's it going on right sad. now. It looks a bit sad. Oh right my now, god, doesn't it? My heart. Yeah, yeah. Emma. Um, Yes, darling. I'm supposed to ask you about cassette transmissions. Oh, yes. So, um, the subject, and I can't remember who it was. So, we're dicking around with Harrison's bike today. He said dick. And somebody... Yeah, yeah, Harrison did say dick. He did. Um, And um, somebody says, that got a cassette transmission? And I said, yes, it has. And then they said, well, what is a cassette transmission? And a cassette transmission is... A means of bolting a transmission into a bike that you don't have to dismantle the engine to do it. And the easiest way Mm -hmm. to give you an idea of the amount of labour that you charge... You've heard me talk about before about these R1 transmissions that needed replacing under warranty. The flat rate for that, Yamaha was paying me $16 to change the transmission gears on an R1. 16? 16 hours. That's what flat rate time is to change the transmission on an R1. Well, guess what? The ZX-10s, now the transmissions are letting go in Kawasaki ZX-10s. And it's the same problem, the actual gears are letting go. Would you like to know what the flat rate time for Kawasaki give us is? Oh my god. 56 hours. Nope, because the Kawasaki's got a cassette transmission. Two and a half. Ooh. So doing exactly the same job on a bike with a cassette transmission reduces the labor by 14 hours. That's rad. Well, 13, 13 and a half. Well, especially when labor is over $100 an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like a cassette tape that you pull in and out. Is that what they're Well, well you, I mean, basically, what you do... If, <laughs> and it goes let's go back to the R1. If you want to change the gears on an R1... Um, and I should point out, actually, Yamaha give you the clusters. Everything is made up for you. Kawasaki give you the individual gears, and you have to build them on the shafts. So um, the R1, you, you take the engine out of the bike, you flip it upside down, you split the crankcase halves, you put the, the gears in, you bolt it all up, put the engine back in the bike, tra la that's it. The Kawasaki, what you do is you dig your way in through the clutch. So you take the clutch casing off, you take the clutch off, and then you go around the other side of the bike, you take the gearbox uh, countershaft sprocket off, you take the gear shifting mechanism off, you take everything off on that side, go back to the clutch, and there's a ring of bolts that kind of, you know, uh, go all the way around where the clutch would have been had you not taken it out, and then the, the transmission just pulls out. You're just staring through the bike. And then you can stare through the bike. I'll post a pic. Next time I do one, I'll post a picture and send it over to Misfit so you can see. It's quite trippy because you have a, a whole bike with a giant empty hole where the transmission used to be. And then for the Kawasaki, I move over to my workbench and I get building and start putting the gears on. And um, the last one I did was was a, was a little bit tricky, actually. The guy, he he took it, and he said, oh, it's not working at all. Well, I keep riding this thing, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with this. What's going on? Well, it's a track bike, and I find out that the quick shift had gone bad. Um, and he, he was just holding the throttle wide and banging up and down through the gears. And, of course, the quick, quick shifter <laughs> went bad, and you can't do that anymore. So, <laughs> new quick shifter. 
but it's just unfortunate the timing was I was in the transmission when the quick shifter went bad so we threw a quick shifter on it and it's all better now awesome so yeah so Yay. there you go so um I can't even remember what has cassette transmissions. Um, Jix has had them for a while. Um, R1s do not. ZX10s do. Um, it's just a different way of going about things. Big Triumphs have them. Small Triumphs do not. No, no. But nice. Just different way of engineering solution. And was is there anyone in the room who was on the Vampire's Ride, the rally yeah. this weekend? Because My a couple hand of is up. Right. Henry, Bex, you guys were on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Mike's going to give a full report, but can you uh, let's say what? So what happened this weekend? What went on? Shenanigans, a crash, a little minor injury. Actually, there there were a couple crashes. We sure. had a jousting that, that crash. That is not unusual. Yeah, you know, uh, we had a crash on the ride to the campground. Um, literally, like. Five, it was a couple of days, right? Like a couple well, of days of well, festivities. There was the Hoogan ride on Friday, and then there was the actual camp to Mount Madonna on Saturday. Right, oh. which is like a four-hour ride to get you to a 45-minute distant location. Mm-hmm. Which was not it's uneventful. It was, it was eventful, and mm-hmm. no one was terribly hurt. Uh, we did have that crash. Terribly. So, who crashed? It was Neighbor Mike on his Neighbor Harley. Mike. I call him Boo Boo Mike now. Oh, no. What happened? He got so, a big Boo Boo on the big toe. So, what happened was he... So, you know how on aggressive group rides, you know, people separate on, you know, in terms of skill level and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Neighbor Mike was uh, leading, or Boo Boo Mike was leading on one section that's kind of like the fast, faster sort of guys, or the faster sort of people. And Can I point out real quickly what kind of bike was he riding? Uh, some oh, Harley Dyna. And in fact, he just got it back from the mechanics to like and the repair shop from being hit from a car. Oh, okay. So yeah. he right. still That's has right. this. Like mm-hmm. this is almost for him an, an inaugural <laughs> ride. But right? I gotta say, he rides that bike as fast as you'd ever want to ride a Dyna, though. He's a he is a pretty a fast very skilled rider. He is a pretty fast motherfucker. So so how, well, how did he crash on this ride? So we were on our way up to Mount Madonna, and this after this is after doing like fucking goat trails and shit like that that you never want to do on a Harley or a sport bike. That kind of <laughs> it's thing. super gnarly. <laughs> Yeah, so we're on our way up to Mount Madonna, and these people, these really nice, but they're unfortunately, lovely. they're really nice people, but they, unfortunately, they pulled off from a stop sign, uh, they're making a left, and Mike sees them, and he locks up the bike, and he basically, he locks up the bike, and then he just ejects from the bike. He ditched the bike, which mm-hmm. was a very smart move, because yeah. he ended up with a boo-boo toe, and his bike had a lot more boo-boos. It went under the car. But the car had no injuries. But the car had, uh, it was an SUV, so it was elevated. And his bike is low to the ground. And he literally dropped it. All of the pegs buckled. And even his axle, um, the axle, I guess bolts, is it? It's like that long thing. Ground down. Mirrors broke. Signals broke. Dented but, the gas tank. Yeah. But oh, his, nasty. But his bike didn't break. But it was rideable. It rode. We <laughs> rode it back to camp. Well, we and, didn't ride it. One no, vampire did. A vampire did. Um, and he 
with ice and what we had three chps we had uh, uh, a whole entourage so he's okay though he's totally he is okay. okay yes so, so for for people to remember to um way back i think like our first year we had a guy named adam come in who described a very similar accident where someone just pulled out and right. he low sided mm-hmm. went under the car and broke his neck and is oh. uh, quadriplegic now which so it sounds like he, Mike he did the left right thing. his bike he he did well. Yeah. He did a really smart move, by the way. Um, leaving your bike, the bike got damaged. He literally was okay. Did he like tuck and roll? Like he ditched it and and low side it and away? Yeah, I don't know. Like I was because the group we were, I was right behind him. We were in like a four man group. Mike was uh, leading, and like I was one second behind him when this incident happened. And when I came to the scene of the incident, he was already up and kind of like wandering around a little bit. You know, like oh, he was quite upset. Yeah, and so so I'm curious. You know, we always try to investigate this stuff. Was was the cause? Was he just going so fast when the when the people were pulling out? They didn't really have a chance to see him. We were at kind of a spirited pace, but. There was sort of a group of, I mean, there was a We're in the backwoods. Like, we're on almost a one-lane road. I mean, there was... Goaty, they stopped in the road after taking a left. Yeah, I mean, there was Seeing the bike and stopped in the road. Well, I mean, I mean... Did they stop because yeah, they were freaked that's, out because he's hauling I was going to say, or? that's natural inclination. That, if you they like, holy see, shit. Yeah, if you see a bike bearing down on you. So we'll get down to, yeah, let's try and do in a bit of a crash investigation, even though we weren't there. So this is a gnarly road. What do you estimate your speed at? We were probably going about 40 miles an hour at most, I think. What I'd road was it? At Mount that Madonna. point, because... Mount, Mount Madonna? In the park? Mm, no, it wasn't Mount Madonna. That was a bit more of a straighter way. It was Hall something. Yeah, Hall Road. Yeah. Or Hall Lane, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I know Hall. Yeah, I know Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're right before Mount Madonna. So it was finally, uh, there's a recovery pavement, which was nice because it's super goaty. And then it opened up and everybody was like, oh, thank God, there's not, like all these trees and holes. And uh, the, you know, the road was ejecting you from your bike. And you're like, I am a dirt biker right now, no matter what you're riding. <laughs> On a 500 pound um, sport bike. Right. And... At this point, we were on chill mode, and we are almost to the campground. And that's when the SUV pulled out, did a left. He saw it. He locked up, let go. He slid. The bike slid. The bike went into the SUV, and the SUV was in the road. So I'm basically. guessing, Bex, you saw everything. No, no I- this is like... From the CHP doing the measurements right. and all of that stuff. Yeah, I was in the group. I was uh, fourth. I was the last in the group, and I was like literally one second, one second behind Mike. And when I came to the SUV, was stopped in the middle of the road. Uh, his Harley was underneath the SUV, and he was up walking around. And I evaded some of the people in front of me, and then I immediately made a U-turn to indicate to the rest of the people in the group, like you know, the slow down. There was slow a down. problem. Yeah, and that's when I came up, and I was like. Huh. Great. But it worked out okay. He he still made our camp. Um, the bike did as well. The people who stopped, they were really kind and lovely. We exchanged information. We waited for the fire trucks, the police officers, the right. CHPs, and all and the of their... C- the CHP officer, the, he's not going to tell you anything at the Actually, scene. Actually, she was quite lovely. Well, usually they, they do play their cards pretty close to their chest until the final report is released, as mm. far as liability goes. Mm-hmm. So... 
Her chest is really nice to play cards. <laughs> she was very well groomed. Uh, she was very, very well groomed. Mm-hmm. Very good. Hey, I'd like to point out that Electric Terry has now joined us. Hey, guys. Hey, Terry. Hold on. There uh, you oh, go. Uh, there we go. Hey. How did the welding turn out, Terry? Uh, uh, it went great. Despite the fact I'm not a big fan of Liza's welder, however, her welding mask is like the best I've ever used. <laughs> that thing is amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, as Bex saw, I, I taught Bex a little My bit about welding. My first time welding, folks. Apparently, I'd fully welded the right side handlebar. For those who don't know, I have 18-inch risers. And just think about that for a second, 18 <laughs> inches. But anyway, uh, I had only... <laughs> That's like on your Harley? Yeah, gen- <laughs> generally, your Harley? generally when a guy You're says 18 Harley? inches, it's usually about 5 inches. <laughs> but, uh, Men in their measures. Uh, apparently, all I ever did was tack weld the left side, and I only tack welded three spots at the front. There wasn't even anything along the back. <laughs> Nasty business. But it's lasted for six months and like 15,000 miles. But I had like a panic break. I had some like 16-year-old kid pull right out in front of me and I slammed on the brakes and my left side handlebar just started to go forward so I took all my weight and I pushed on the right and I was like hey I better look, take a look at that left handlebar soon you and, don't and say. how far did you drive with one handlebar Oh, I mean, I literally came right here. It's only been like six or seven days, maybe 500 miles or so. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Terry. all. <laughs> oh, Terry. So, um, I mean, this is actually, this is kind of pertinent, Terry, because we're just talking about Mike's accident, which was yeah. basically yeah. caused by somebody pulling out in front of him. Yep. You've just had somebody pull out in front of you. Yep. Let's, I mean, let's talk about root causes. I mean... They, yeah, it happens. It happens often, and usually it never phases me at all. But usually I can squeeze my brakes as hard as I want. Right. But when I, my handlebar started to go, I had to actually let off the brake a little because, uh, well, it's hard to explain, but if you squeeze too hard and you have nothing to push against, it's not very good. So I had to let off a little bit. I was like, damn, I've got to fix that. <laughs> I mean, it is. A, it, That's like really not so good. <laughs> it is a perennial problem. You know, over in England, I know we've got a lot of listeners in England. Yeah. They've actually got a name for this. It's called a smidzy. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. mate, I didn't see you. Yeah. It's become oh. so common. Now, as part of my job at Monterey, um, I sometimes ride police bikes. Yeah. Because I service them. So I'm riding this giant ST1300 in white with Monterey PD you, all think, over it. You'd think everybody would see you. Everybody, right? And I'm riding past the DMV and somebody pulls out right in front of me. Was it a BMW? Oh, goodness. In fr- and I just slam on the brakes and the people see first the bike and then see what the bike is and you see their eyes get giant (laughs) and she was so traumatized by the fact she just pulled out in front of a police bike she didn't even see me it it was all about the bike she actually pulled over (laughs) to the curb and just stayed there until i'd gone she was probably taking her driver's test right then and there well if she did she failed just failed her driver's test if if you're going to pull out in front of a giant st1300 with monterey police all over it and yeah. flashing blue lights and God knows what. We really don't stand much chance, do you? So, so there's the onus right. has to be on us to just be so friggin' aware. There's An a ST13 lot of is almost the size of a fit. There's three different like, things you can do. There's the it's w- almost one, a car. One is uh, lots of people will see where these like yellow reflective vests and, and Liza uses this uh, flashing modulating headlight. Right. So, so one of the things is make yourself as visible as possible even if it's somewhat annoying. 
you know but uh the second thing is make sure your skills are up to speed always plan on every single car saying what could this car do to mess me up you know even if they're just sitting there it's like could this car move over me and just always plan for it i ride usually with just uh basically my third and fourth fingers on the throttle and my first and second fingers sort of resting on top of the brake but not squeezing and then when i need to squeeze i can squeeze if i'm on the highway i'll put my whole hand on the on the throttle but in the city i never put my whole hand on the throttle my my fingers are always ready to squeeze that yeah, brake exactly. mm-hmm. so so i don't know what everybody's technique is especially people that are new to riding you know if you think about what you do with your right hand uh long <laughs> highway <laughs> good one good one Dex. i'm uh, a lefty or, or left hand, okay. Well, but your throttle's still on the right, is it not? I was talking about something else. Uh, oh, God almighty. <laughs> and the ginger speaks so, so, so here, just to ask people in the room, like, how do you guys usually ride with your uh, with your fingers on the throttle? Well, yeah, in you town, know, I usually have three fingers on it. Three yeah. fingers? Yeah. I've always ridden with my fingers <laughs> over the brake lever, but I'm, I'm told that that is an extremely poor technique, but I've ridden for 40 years well, like that. I, well, I do in the city. So, so, I don't know, just for visual, I ride like this in the city with my so hands resting. Has Very his visual. pointer, mid, middle finger, and, right. and so uh, I, extended. I throttle like this. Now, when I'm on the highway for hours at a time, I do ride like this. Right. Yeah, hours I, I at do. a time, there's no fingers I'm going to call Terry's technique into question, only because I've seen him on West Cliff riding like that with a dog on the gas tank drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I know. My, well, let's put it this way. I haven't wrecked, so something I'm... Well, yeah, and I mean... The, the, that the, way, the, baby. The, the reason I'm very, very interested, I think out of everybody in this room... You're the mileage champion. I, got, you, I have a you, half a million miles on motorcycles you, now. Yeah. Well, we saw wow. one of his fairings in Hollywood. Oh, we're going to get to that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doug, There's exciting news Doug. coming up, folks. <laughs> right, well, anyway, Stay just so, so the two the two big safety things is make sure you're seen, make sure your skills are up to par, and just always plan that somebody's going to pull out in front of you. Right. I think Matt's had the... I think yeah, the Brady, I think, yeah, the Brady Bunch had the best one. <laughs> Expect Ooh. the unexpected. Yeah. yeah, I've had three wrecks just Mouth in the last two weeks. Mouth is in the house. Two people pulling in. Oh, all right, Mike is now arrived. We got some blood John suckers Harris. in here. How you doing, John? Good, how are you? Good. Trouble. What did I miss? <laughs> we were just finished up the vampire ride report. Oh, Everyone we didn't talk about that the basically altercation. It was lame. Wait, who talked about uh, the vampires ride? Basically, no, no. the report is that it was just really lame. It was so lame. Yeah. Did you guys seriously? Is that what you said? Yeah. No. I'll fuck you up. I swear to God. <laughs> we didn't even talk about John. John, are you this guy went crazy? This. John, are you hovering to ask a John, question? John, or are you going to join down. in? Come on, you want to get chairs? Come on in. We have a rocking chair. a brick reservoir. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to fill in any gaps or what? You can talk <laughs> oh, about the yeah. Uh, games. Yeah. Um, What's I my think, name? Yeah, so no, there, there was nothing more than... Oh, so we, we just kind of an did accident. an analysis of, of Mike's crash, but what else uh, what happened? Yeah, he was pissed off. He was a little bit upset oh, about yeah. that. The people were from New York, though, and I told them, I said, look, don't tell them that you're from New York because they're going to think it's personal because he's from Jersey, so... <laughs> You know what was even more weird is that they told me that that last year they were out and about doing their little tour. And they hit another motorcyclist. And another motorcyclist had gone down in front of them. I don't know. I didn't ask more. In front of them. And she was stuck under her bike. And that's one of the like, uh, can we just say, let go of your bike let the bike get the damage, not your body, because it's easier to fix a bike than you. Well, could could he have maneuvered around it? 
No, they stopped in the fucking I don't, road. I didn't see what happened. Can we move on from that? So find out what else happened. Fundamentally opposed to that idea. Don't ever give up on your bike. Ride it all the way into the ground. That's what I did. You do some amazing things if you allow yourself to try. If you're a champion. Yo, when I got in this exact same accident on Lucky Charms like a week after I got painted, and it was an old Asian woman who pulled out. No offense. <laughs> oh my God! I'm not so. Oh, he's Puerto Rican, though. No, it's all right. He's, he's not Asian. He's Puerto Rican, so we're good. Not to go. only that, it's an old Asian woman in a CRV. Oh, you're Asian too, aren't you? Half. No, no. You look Native American. He's Asian number three. He's like dances. He's these guys da- dances with wolves so we, over here. We, we guys, can we please move on West from racial Cliff. stereotyping? We, we Good a, lord. We started out and uh, did a Westcliff like tour ish, right? Huh? Are you asking me or are you telling me? Oh, right, report, report, man. I'm, I'm telling you. Oh. And are you talking I'm about the You guys said you already did all this shit. All right, I'll tell no, you what happened. No, we didn't. We are didn't. Ta- are you talking about the hooligan ride? Yeah. Some hooligans? Yeah, we no, met hooligan. up at... The, the only oh, thing you need hooligan. to know about there was the hooligan a ride is somebody, is somebody on a 50cc Scarabeo <laughs> launched a three-foot-high uh, knack-knack <laughs> off of a curb in front of the boardwalk in San Cruz. Yeah, I heard he wrote... That's all you need to know. He wrote the wheelie the entire the ride. prospect. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was Wait, amazing. Who, who it was did amazing this? and I loved it. A random dude just rolled up for the, wow. for the ride. On a scooter. On a 50, 50 cc two stroke scooter. And just, <laughs> wow. I, like, just really the entire ride. <laughs> yeah. But uh, awesome. yeah, it was the best. There so, was a split group um, on Friday night. Yeah, give us just give ride. us the, the ride report and the, I mean, the whole rally report. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know where you guys went, uh, but I took the slow ride because I took Mary's bike, and um, there's just a couple of us, uh, five or six of us, so we rode up by the university and back down through the nine. I, I went with Micah, we got lost, and uh, <laughs> so we, we just kind of rode back together, which was nice, and ended up at Santa Cruz Mountain Brewery, and they had some food. Love it. Um, but that was pretty nice, and there was like a crazy bike crew, bicycle crew on the road. Like hundreds of bicyclists with like lights and shit all over their bikes and smoke coming out of them and sparklers and <laughs> bumping. Did you funk. ever see it? Yeah, bump. They had funk. It was it was, it was a funk party. It was a funk night. On yeah, bicycle. they they definitely outdid us. But um, <laughs> yeah. And then Saturday the meetup was pretty good. We've got a new spot, uh, Firefly Coffee. They were very very generous. Oh, cool. They yeah. got badass bagels. Yeah, they were they were really um they were really helpful. How many people came on the ride Saturday? I don't know how many would you say, John. Quite a few. Um, I think 30, just under 40, 30, 30, maybe 30. Good. I, I'm not counting club members. Probably, yeah. I, I did a, like, one, two, three, and then we we're two up, like, each side. Yeah, about 30. Yeah. And, um, yeah, everything was pretty good. We didn't do an A or B group. We just kind of, you know, um, kept everybody together and slower people in the back. Um, and then at some point, I was told to, to, um, to be in the back and watch, you know what I mean, sweep or whatever. Um, I didn't know. James kept that's signaling to me. We had he, a, uh, a mechanical. That's why. Our, yeah. And our sweep. Oh, that's uh, right, Adrian. Into the mechanical. Factory. Yeah, Jeremy's bike broke down. And uh-huh. then Aaron, oh, no. Prospect. Oh, well, allegedly. So then Adrian had to leave the ride to go get her truck. And then when she came back, he had gotten it started and left. So. <laughs> and that left Adrian 40 minutes of Westcliff uh, traffic as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then and then when we got to so Boulder what Creek. Happened, what happened to that guy after that? 
Jeremy. He yeah. made it. He he got up there. Somebody took a picture of him like in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, "We found your prospect." <laughs> <laughs> and they, they posted it online like, "We found your little uh, your, your little puppy lost a litter or something." You know, like, like well, taped I, on a I, telephone pole. Yeah, I meant what what ended up happening to him because of his. Uh, oh, he had to eat hot dogs. Okay. And he didn't he dogs. like have the cornholio? Yeah, he got the penis necklace. He yeah. got a uh, hot dog slapped in the face, and he got beat up with a wet noodle. It was a lot of shit going yeah, on. He had to wear an eaten uh, corn cob around his neck oh, that's for the right. entire event. Yeah, until today, he he tried to give it back to me. Did you make him sleep but... outside so the raccoons would molest him? Uh, he did oh, sleep he outside, did. but I think that was because of you. Yeah. Oops. So what games did you guys play this time? <laughs> um, wait, but let me tell you the best part, though. When we stopped... But wait, playing, it gets better. No, wait, it does This is terrible. Yeah, we wonderful. stopped in uh, Boulder Creek to get oh, gas. Oh, gas station. You know that gas station? Chevron. Uh, the Chevron, Chevron in, in Boulder Creek? On the corner. No, it's not a Chevron. It's an independent, I think. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's know. whatever. What's but a gas station? But let's argue about the it for no guy, reason. It's a uh, gas station. Yo, we wait, rolled wait, up there with like a ton guy. of people. There is a fucking guy. Yeah, and we're trying to we're trying to gas up. Everybody gassed up. Everybody's going inside getting drinks and food and... And um, yeah. I'm sitting at the pump, and next thing you know, this guy comes out. He's like, you know, he's got the jacket on that says he works there, and he's fucking shaking like this. <laughs> and he comes up, like, eyes wide open, and he just starts kind of, like, like he, getting into me. Well, yeah, no, 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 he on? came over. No. He Henry came, and I he are came. helping this father and son. Well, we're just talking to them, you know, just like. Pump up their bicycles, and we're chatting. And this guy comes over, and he's like, you fucking guys, this is not a fucking rest stop. And I was like. Language. Yeah, he just oh. starts. Yeah, I want to point out he starts yelling at the two most friendly looking people in the entire vampire's group. Charger, Charger, yeah. Oh, well, then uh, he came I, over. I would he, like to point out he oh he went for the oh people who looked less likely, like I should say, like less bikers. like they were going to beat him up. The people and who I were, wanted to go for my pocket knife and just punch him really hard, <laughs> just to shut him up. You should have. But Why it did. It would have worked. It would have like saved a lot of people a hassle. But I, I saw the whole thing. He assaulted up. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then he now came I over know. to me, and he's like, um, you know, he started getting all. He, he, the guy was just like getting up in everybody's face, and it was a bit weird because we had to have put at least like a thousand dollars worth and of this, business in. And, yeah, and this is after, and, and I'm like, dude, we just bought a whole bunch of gas and shit at your shop. Like, why are you yelling at us? He's like, yeah, we're, we're all cool. And he's we're still telling us to fuck off. And too. then yeah. and and James comes over, and he's like, okay, we're leaving. And then he proceeds to continue down the line of dudes and pick a fight. Until. Yeah. um, Yeah. And then he got to John and John just fucking just (laughs) just went at him like, get the fuck out of here. I'll fuck you up. Yeah. John's like. I never threatened him. I did not threaten. You told him to get the fuck out of my face. What what I did. I told him to get the fuck out of my face. Uh, (laughs) What. What upset me was he's yelling at Bex, he's yelling at yeah. these other girls and stuff. Right? It's like, why don't, why don't you come and yell at me, dude? Yeah. Yell at me. So I walked up to him and I said, I, I actually originally walked up there calmly and said, look, dude, we're going to leave. We're leaving. We're leaving right now. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. You can relax. Everybody agreed And to he it. starts screaming at me. So uh, I just kind of went right into screaming at him and it got really really funny it was heated. Is the thing it was heated but it was hilarious it because was. he says he says to me i have had customers come in here in the past <clears throat> and not stop here because they didn't have a place to stop because you guys are parked here yeah but two of our bikes like, are is the same amount of gas as that car right there so you're it, good to go and it's like you know for, I mean? first, of all, first of all and mind you we, we don't do us. this every day 
right? It's not like we're, we're blocking traffic all the time. So I said to him, you're a liar. You're lying. That's never happened. No one's ever said that to you. You're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. Although, stop guy... lying. Stop lying. And he says, oh, I'm not lying. I said, you're a liar. Stop lying to me. Get out of my face. And I said, He's get like, away from me. my parents own this place. Get, get out of my face. Get off this property. And he said, you you get off my parents' property. This is my parents' property. And I said, oh, so your mother gave you a job? This is nepotism? This is nepotism? Oh, yeah, that was good. You do not. He's like, big word, go, big no, word, alert, no, alert. You get Get out of my face. Get oh, yeah. out of my face. Wait, did you see the... Go back hi- inside. Wait, before that, did you see, on Jameson Creek, did you see the hillbilly in the pickup truck yelling all of us to fuck off and we're losers as we were coming down Jameson Creek? <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, eh, some, whatever. Yeah, some uh, jackass I'm going to just go ahead and assume he was yelling at you. No, he was yelling he at all of us. Because I am not a loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, so this then, happened. This so then he happened. says, mm-hmm. so then this man says, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know my family. To which the response was, well, "Is that? A th- are you John Gotti? Yeah. Are you, you're John Gotti. Well, you're threatening me. The Gotti of fucking gasoline. <laughs> right? Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, bar- going to bury us in the backyard. <laughs> the poor they, thing they just sniffed way too much paint. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was sad. But anyway, Sometimes. I would just like to acknowledge for a second yes. <laughs> what <laughs> just happened. That was so Not gross. everyone in the room is aware. There's a sequence of events. But Charger remains to be very smart. We got some recycling. But maybe some of you were aware that some of us were losing our shit. I just want to explain. Bosley just threw up on the floor. Charger went over and ate half of it. Uh No, he felt like the good part. part. And Liza has tears of laughter. Refused the other part. I went to go get a napkin cleanup, came back, and and Bosley was eating the rest of it. No no cleanup required. There was nothing to clean up, basically. The last six minutes. People were like, oh, look, he's licking you in the mouth. How cute the dog is. Fuck that shit. That dirty motherfucker. So did you guys finish your report? Can we get to RJ? I'm going to tell you about the games. Okay, tell me about the games. So um, I took over the games this year, and uh, I've been I've been feeling like they've been a bit lackluster, you know, the past past. I I don't know. And I was trying to do like you know, yeah. I don't I don't really know like what do people what kind of games do you do, you know? And um, so what I did was I um, I got some paintball guns. And um, oh God. this has started out awesome. Yeah, so, I love it. We got some paintball guns. I got some uh, rebar there were some spikes. Um, some Vaseline. A hammer. A two by four. Um, I got some construction flags, and mm-hmm. you know, set up a few games. So basically, if you were to tell me that, you... I would be like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm so in. Yeah. What game are you playing? Awesome. Serial killer? The cashier. Yeah. The cashier yeah. reported you immediately. Yeah. It puts the gasoline on the skin. <laughs> it puts the napalm. All right. So tell me the game. <laughs> I did like a little. Con- uh, what do you call it? A course through the campsite. So like you oh, know, we turned a California's <laughs> county park into a motocross track. Yeah, pretty much on sport oh, it's bikes fantastic and shit too, like right? that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to like get into the campsite, drive on a two by four, and you pass a sign that says no camping. Yeah, and then you have to do like these uh, go around the flags, <laughs> and then you drive around the picnic bench, and then around this, the fire pit. Then you have to like drive up this, and not fall into it. Yeah, and like this all sounds like normal, right? If you're on a dirt bike, but try doing it on like a thousand cc sport bike, and then you go up the hill and you go around the redwoods and you come back down. That was one of them. And originally, I, I had, what I had planned on doing was having Jeremy drive by on the scooter and get shot with the paintball gun. <laughs> But um, I, I knew I'd like this game. Yeah, but Mary, since Mary, I've, since I've done this game before, it works better when the passenger's backwards on the motorcycle. I know we'll do that next year. We're gonna have water balloons too, but um, oh, that's good. Yeah, the games are gonna get amped up. The water balloons are gonna have gas in them. <laughs> 
And we're going to have Mike, lighters. Mike, Mike talks cheap. I know. I'm not, I'm not fucking However, this, it'll be dope. this trail dope. was ridiculous. It puts like, the napalm I happened on to be threading wieners, the and they're like again. demoing the trail <laughs> and dusting me next to the fire pit, and they almost, without challenge, almost dump a bike into the fire pit while oh, they're just wait. doing oh, yeah. That was prospect. Okay, yeah. to, be, to be fair, it was not the prospect. That was me. And I didn't yeah, almost Joe. dump the bike into the fire pit. I dumped the bike, and it almost landed in the fire that pit. That yeah. Fuck it, I've ridden bikes through the fire pit. But here's what we did. I, I got these two big pieces of cardboard, and I turned them into shields. You know, dicks on them. Yeah, well, it's that oh, was they the were artistically It needed a coat of arms, decorated. so I did uh, two big dicks crossed, you know what I mean, and some, like, decorative shit, so it was, you like, know. medieval times, you know? Warrior penis. Some jizzins yeah. shit. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty sweet. Um, and basically, what we had was we had two people riding two bikes, and then a passenger with a big shield and the those big pool noodles. You know what I mean? The ones you float with, and they would have to drive by and beat the crap out of each other until somebody falls off, and then circle back around and do it again. There was the horse in the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we did that, and that was really good. And then uh, until there was a crash. And Daniel. I was a knight. And then, and then it was great. Yeah, then it got even better. <laughs> Daniel's face got fucked up pretty bad. Oh, I heard I, it was I was the other today. night. I, I survived yeah. that crash. I, I did uh, three different events on motor- and I crashed on three different motorcycles and crashed every one. Yeah, you did. Them. Yeah, you did. Then we did pinata. We did ninjata, but it wasn't a ninja. It was a troll. So for all of you who, oh, yeah, who might Bex- be looking for threaded like five hot dogs on a, on a stick on um, like a six sticks more wieners, but and then we basically what we had was we had like it was five people standing on sticks. with these sticks just full of like like wieners hanging yeah, down you've ever seen the movie seven there's <laughs> yeah, a scene exactly where what it was. there's a guy that's starved <laughs> to death and uh, there are air uh, pine tree air fresheners hanging from the ceiling that's pretty much what it looked like except it was sausages so and people got, holding them and so you were supposed to ride your motorcycle and Mary's got these pictures of sausage beating you of in the people's face faces with like hot dogs rubbing all over their mouths <laughs> open and shit. It's, yeah, it Harrison, really Micah, and Harris, oh, Harrison, Micah, and Bex were, had the uh, sausages abound for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, very it was good. It was a great, it was a great ride experience. Awesome, and I'm glad there was no like b- real no injuries or anything. A good successful turnout. It was a great rally. Awesome, <laughs> a lot of fun, a little bit of injury, appropriate. <laughs> there plenty you go. of drinking. Um, you know what? Before we get to our next thing, I think it's time to do the Patreon prize pack drawing. So, Henry, just hold on to that bag. No. Can you please go through that and tell people what is in the prize pack? And I'm going to describe how you, how you do it. So for any of our Patreon subscribers, for the amount of $5 or more, you're automatically entered into this drawing. Wait, wait. Dude, Henry, Liza, Henry, can you get a wait. coffee for $5 nowadays? I don't know. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> there so, we go. A little bit late. But. Can you list uh, what's in there? So first off, we have some Evil Knievel socks from yes. Stance. Yes, wow. my favorite. Evil Knievel socks. Next up, we have a... Moto Crew USA uh, shirt that is a size large. Dude, and the Moto Crew are bitching. Those little guys yeah. rip. <laughs> Moto Crew's the shit. And third I'd off, we have, we have a 18-inch uh, dildo as well. Oh, wow. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. That's what she said. That, that's that as big as like my handlebars. Inch, I don't know <laughs> no, we have a Stockton tire air pressure gauge. 
Yes, a nice, uh, nice air pressure gauge uh, with the hose it's on a it. Dial air pressure yeah. gauge. Just got a swivel with it. a swivel, a bleeder valve, just and the a rubber protective it. coating. Mm-hmm. So something that you want to use. Brought to you by Whammo. So, Mike, can you please uh, put your hand in there, mix them up? What's in the bag? And we're gonna pull a name and see who won. Oh, really? I get and to be the guy. just remember, all you do is become a subscriber on Patreon. Automatically, your name goes in here. I'm we do want a drawing every month. You know who's not going to win? <laughs> ah, fucking Paul. That's right. <laughs> Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what name did you get? Bam, bam, bam. Paul. Oh, it's fucking Paul. <laughs> Holy shit. Shit. Wait, for real? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's David Rupps. Can I give out his email address? No. no. So no. I will be contacting uh, David to That's get him this score. prize back. So thank you very much David. I like for being and thanks for being a part of it. A subscriber socks. on Patreon. We appreciate it. Um, so I wanted to give a little um don't go into too much detail, but Jim and I had a fun weekend. We rode down to LA to go do some interviews. And I love Hollywood. We're going to be putting out a special um, LA episode for some of the interviews we did. But some of the highlights we were able to go to the Peterson Automotive Museum. Henry, please stop doing that. He just, yeah, he just ate his own food, bro. So we went down to the Peterson Automotive Museum. For those who haven't been there, it's a world-class automotive oh, museum. Uh, cars and motorcycles. And they're doing a special exhibit through March 2019 right. called Custom Revolution. And it's custom bikes of all different types. And um, so we got a tour of the whole museum. Got to see the bikes, Custom Revolution. We got to see the bikes, other bikes in the exhibit, like the original Batman's, the Bat Cycle with the uh-huh. sidecar and the little scooter. Yeah, I have a model your, you yeah. your shit over in that. the garage, and I saw the thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, what what is so special about the, the Bat Bike? I know you tripped on the the sidecar. Oh yeah, that it has Robin's little scooter. It's not a scooter. It's a little go kart that ejects from the sidecar, and he rides off on his own. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, but you know, what the kind way of bike was that though? What was the actual engine like? What was it's the bike? a British bike. Oh, okay. I forget right now. It's the are you Express. sure, Liza? I yes. thought it was a Yamaha Big. Oh no, you're you're it right. Was. It is. Yeah, it's but it's Yamaha of that Big era. Yeah, sixties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shaft drive something. That is right? very true. Um, and we got a tour, and we got to go down into the vault. The, the ba- oh man, to go see. We we saw every motorcycle that is in that museum. They, they had um, Scarlett Johansson rode that bike. No, we're not talking about that. Oh. Oh, but she's <laughs> because so there are things good. that we saw that we can't mention. Oh right. Right. There's That's a special cool. edition so, coming out, um, right? We're going to be coming out with that. Yeah, I mean, what right. I'll say is, is you know, we go to a lot of motorcycle shows around the country, and it felt like that motorcycle motorcycle Cycle? show. <laughs> uh, it's a very good. It's like if you like, like if you do a balsamic vinaigrette reduction, they did a reduction of custom build motorcycles from the modern era. Um, each motorcycle highlighting just incredibly different things, but we'll talk more about it. Right. But Peterson was a shit. You Not know, to the, mention the cars. I've been to the Peterson many times, and it's worth mentioning. It really is an auto, <clears throat> it's, it's an automobile museum. They've always had their finger on motorcycles. But if you specifically want to see bikes, check the schedule. Because if you just go down on, on spec, you might not see any bikes. 
there might be a special with bikes uh, every involved, time, but it's a wonderful museum. Every time I've been there, they they have had they have some one bikes, or two, but, but we so we did a big interview there that will be coming out. But did some, they, did some, they ask for me when when you were there? Not there, no. Everyone asked for you, Mike. <laughs> they said anyone who's come in first or second place, <laughs> they were interested. Listening, in what? Third place um, doesn't have a place. No. But some of the other highlights. <laughs> yeah, so we bounced from the Peterson to... What was cool about that is we went to the fucking Queen Mary. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? So we uh, went so down to... for those who don't know, the Queen Mary was a cruise ship that yeah. <clears throat> was retired in the 60s. It was at one point the most luxurious cruise yes. ship in the world. And it was, it's was it been permanently docked in Long Beach and is now a hotel and more because so there's bars beach and restaurants and yeah. museums and everything on there. We'll talk more about it that looks too. Exact, it's a sister ship to the Titanic and it is very haunted and we managed to go sneaking around the ship late at night and have a lot of fun. One of the themes to this trip was getting behind closed doors. Doors. Yes. Doors we that weren't meant to be open. That seemed to be a consistent theme for the trip. But that was cool. So we were down in Long Beach and and we basically zigzagged across LA looking at well, I'll say scratching the surface of the motorcycle culture, uh, the custom stuff. The, you guys stop rolling sands? There's so much there. What's that? Did you stop rolling sands? We did not. No, I mean did but you go to the rock store. We did not. No, but we did go to a couple of places. Uh, we went to Garage Company. Which did you meet Tom Cruise? <laughs> we did not. Is the shit. So Garage Company is one like one of my new obsessions now. This place is amazing. For those who've not ever heard of it or been there, so Yoshi owns yeah. the Garage uh, Company, and he's been in LA for thirty plus years. So he came from Japan. He had a really good job that afforded him to buy bikes often. Often, and he amassed a huge collection, and then he moved here to the U.S. and brought all of his bikes. Now, I'm not talking like museum quality. I'm talking like a collection that any one of us might have if we had 50, 60, 70 bikes in our garage. I mean, there was anything from some of the badass uh, customs that we've seen at the one show to Harley's Triumphs, a bunch of Ducati sport bikes, a bunch of RZ350s, and then I found a Honda Spree amongst them. It's like, yeah. it's crap shit. And 90s choppers and Ni- uh, Chica bikes, all and that shit. And parts and parts and parts and parts. It's an acre of motorcycle awesomeness. I mean, it, it blew me away. It blew us both away. But it's so impressive because everything is on display. They had a wall of just rims, and they had a wall of just tires. And it's old school legit. I mean, these guys have been, like, they started in Venice on Abbott Kinney 30-something years ago. So it's not like they're like, oh, we have a coffee shop and sell T-shirts. These guys have been building custom bikes. And this guy's just, somebody described, and we'll talk more about the cat lady of motorcycles. Yeah. Just <laughs> give them to me. All of them. All yes, of them. anything. But it's a true L.A. scene, so that was one of the, that was one of the first stops we made. We're like, We'll be there for a little while. We could have stayed there all day. They rolled up. They're like, just came from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we hit uh, Motorcycle Company. I mean, uh, Garage Company. Where did we go after that? Oh, to another place. Uh, we went up to Deus Ex Machina because mm-hmm. we've heard about this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here's I wanted to make a comment on this. Um, so Deus Ex Machina, I- I've seen their booths before at, like, events, and I thought that they were bike builders but then which i think we get there and it's a coffee shop and i was like wait what 
And then they it have was so LA. It was surfboards awesome. for sale and uh, craft brew beer and paninis, paninis and jeans and, t-shirts and, and motorcycle parts and helmets. And here's what I realized: like this is hipster central, right? <laughs> Oh, dude, this was Hipster HQ. And there was a ton of people on the outdoor tables with their so computers Cal open, version. right? Hipster Central, which is very easy to just dismiss and go, oh, this is not real. I mean, you know, it's all for an image. But what I realized is they are building bikes there, and they are making surfboards there, and they're designing clothes there, and they're making paninis. Um, I, As we just sat and watched, I came to kind of really have a more of a fondness for this whole, as we call it, hipster hipster thing that's happening and here's the thing uh that really gave me respect for it when we go back to let's uh let's talk about the customs of the 70s let's talk about the customs of the 2000s it was about doing things that were extreme that were hard to ride you know it was about having the widest tire and the longest forks and the tallest seat and the smallest light and just being crazy what they're doing now is they're making bikes that are purpose-built they want to take you know a bike that can go across the desert and can go across country and will look really cool in your cool jeans and your to-go panini box they're basically <laughs> it's it's a they're they're making really cool bikes to create an image that sells all these other things that's associated but, with it. I mean, can I say something about this whole hipster thing? Because in the in the past, I mean, I've been on the bandwagon. Yeah, it's not real, and it, it, they're a very easy target to make fun of. But and it's been driven home to me recently with all these places that are closing that are very very dear to me. It's getting to the stage where the old English bikes and the old Honda air-cooled CBs. The only people who are going to be keeping these things alive are the hipsters. Well, here's what I'll say. We rolled up to, uh, I keep want to say Deuce Machina, Diaz Machina, <laughs> and I got another comment I want to make, but I rolled up next to a beautifully kind of restored, original-looking... CX500. Well, okay. that's what you like, the CX500, oh, but there was boy. a BSA or a Triumph, I can't remember, yeah. but a classic <clears throat> desert sled build. Right. And it looked so original and so authentic. So the thing I liked about the place, it was it was stupid hipstery. I mean, like, but I would say maybe a third or a quarter to a third of the Did people. you guys feel country when you were in there? Like, no, we felt like you like, walked in and everybody just like like took a look and they were like these country. No, I felt like I was at the zoo. I was just sitting <laughs> I'm there. Sorry like, that watching. people watching. Sorry that you all old fuddy duddy yeah. old men and women can't. Look, do they like look how man. loose his jeans are? If you saw how many, <laughs> many bugs I had plastered across me, no. But um, but what I thought was cool about it is there were only maybe a quarter of the people were motorcyclists, and there were a lot of other people on computers drinking coffee, shopping, right? But they're they're introducing people to motorcycling, like right. hey. Motorcycling yes. is cool, and you know, for what you know, there's a lot of ways to look at it. But I think at the end of the day, they're exposing a lot of people to motorcycling, um, and they're making it look cool. And you know what? If you start a business building bikes and you turn it into something selling T-shirts and shit like that for a shit ton of money, more power to you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's America. Well, I'm I'm reminded, you know, about six months ago, I was in Rabers <clears throat> on a Saturday. I'm buying crap for whatever I'm building. I wish we could put Rabers next to this place. Yeah. R.A.P. But the the demographic of who was in Rabers on that day, there was the crusty old crusties (laughs) and a good smattering of hipsters. 
And this one crusty old guy was grumbling and grumbling and uh, damn hipsters. And I think it was Mike Raber, he said, you know, that cat's money is as good as yours. And that's what keeps us alive. And that's, where, and that's where the buck stops. I think that's what keeps spikes alive is what Liza was talking True about. True that. That's exactly the point. I think that this generation is, they're finding value in the mopeds and the old right. Hondas and the British Well, nobody, wa- nobody wanted CX-500s. Anything. Nobody wanted CX-500s. I, A lot I of us don't CX-500s want them. CX-500s more than anyone on I've Earth. had three. But, you know, like but the point is, if somebody wants to put <laughs> put Clubman <laughs> bars on it and a brown seed on it and love it, more power to them. It ain't my cup of tea, but... You know, but if here, they want to love it, but that's here's what I'm finding fine. that they're into quality, and you'll find like little wooden details on it, and they they have great taste. There's quality, the, the, there's quality and function, and I actually really appreciate that. Sometimes the, the things that they take from the past are the kind of the best of what was there. It's a filtering, right? It's like you know it's I mean? like a selection of what was what was popular yeah, then, they, what looks the best. They right? they do do their research into the history of a lot of the things we that say they, they supposedly <laughs> cop, but they um well I'm not a hipster, I'm an old man. Um <laughs> crusty. But they have taste and they take the best of it and, and they make the best of it. And, and you'll always find the motor you know, I, I can't speak from much experience, but I know that like motorcyclists are often very uh you know, they're always the out the outsiders to, to societies and sometimes. So to say that like, ah, oh, hipsters, you know, they're coming in, they're ruining everything, that's the same that people viewed punks and goths and everybody that was, you know, coming in doing music stuff. And I think hipsters well, have know, a place in motorcycling. The, the, the same two, way. the two bikes that are really the darling of the hipster movement. Bonneville. Uh, yeah. Oh no 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 no. Oh, no. XS650. Is the CX500 and the Virago. Um, really? And people are doing oh, Cafe they, Virago builds, they and they're doing CX500 builds. And tons these are two stuff. bikes wow. that really aren't that loved. And it's great. I mean, if yeah. you want to take a Virago, which frankly isn't the greatest looking bike in the world, no. <laughs> and oh, no. put a little uh, Benelli Mojave fuel tank on it and a flat seat and turn it into kind of a scrambler thing. Take notes, folks. You know, that's what people are doing. It's great. And well, it's the 6500. I mean, the 6500, nobody's going to accuse the 6500 of being a pretty bike out of the factory. So, you know. It's no you Ducati wanna, Indiana. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to bring it back, great. You know, here's what I'll say, and we'll, we'll talk much more about it, but the hipster movement, we need to bust it out into subcategories. you got the poser hipter, hipsters with the beard oil and shit like that. Then you got these other hipstery... Then you got the authentic quote, hipsters with the beard oil and shit like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they just piss on their beards. Hey, John, what kind of beard oil do you use? If you, <laughs> looking at my enormous hipster beard, Crisco. you can tell that I use... No, he's a crusty. Oil. I'm a crusty old. <laughs> oh, natural. But we, we we did meet some hipsters that, you know, say have that look, for example, but they build real shit with their hands. Right. Yeah. Ride real yeah. shit. So yeah. we got to have them don't. But, but well, me and I had this conversation, and... Um, um, and it's like uh, you can't we like we'll, we'll like Jeremy Hutch who we've we've met and he has that hipster look, but he's an industrial designer that, that builds amazing motorcycles. So I can't call him a hipster, even though he kind of looks like one. So we need like a subcategory for these this new generation of artisans I that are building pretty. Well, maybe don't categorize them. Can I maybe just, they're just cool dudes. It was exactly. A lot, don't put them in the box. I, I just don't don't put them in the box. It was a lot easier for me to hate them in the beginning when they did had no 
idea what they were doing. Yeah. And I'm like, look at these idiots who have no idea what they're doing. But now they've figured out what they're doing. They they're did. doing motorcycles and, and stuff. And it's yeah. fantastic. And, and like, I mean, honestly, they, they used to do a terrible job. Now they're doing a good job. Well, that's so the thing great. about motorcycles. Like, you can't be fool. You can't be a fool if you want to be in this for a long time. So that's what I wanted to say. I, I got a real I new appreciation for the, the hipster scene that the craftsmanship and what and the appreciation of across all brands of, of motorcycles and that they are helping to give motorcycling a really good image, you know, through all these other mixed media, surfing, all that kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed that visit there. And it's a lot like CC Motorcycle Company up in Portland. They're there are a lot of these places open up to do mixed stuff, but each of them are making motorcycles cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And I really like what's happening. And I'm I, I'm going to keep my eye and kind of tune into that a little more. Yeah. And then Yo, I want to say something about this shit. <laughs> this is what I think, right? <clears throat> I feel oh, like... Oh, no. Yeah. I okay. feel like this is like... Um, you tell them. You know, it's like one of those things where... Uh-oh. Like, like he was saying, like John was saying, how they're taking like the best stuff. I feel like you know how like they do steampunk, and steampunk's like some shit that that never really happened, but they're taking all this stuff, and it's like, oh, cool, the new fancy version of something that was old. I kind of feel like that's what hipster is, where it's like polishing up shit that was authentic then, mm-hmm. but it was authentic because it was like we're just taking what we have and doing something with it. <laughs> but now it's like we're we're taking that, we're gonna cut this off, we're gonna clean that up, we're gonna double stitch this, and now it's like eight thousand dollar jacket. Well, you the, know what I mean. The, and, but it looks vintage and throwback. But it never looked like that then. It was you but, know rugged and, and a bit more you know. But the internet and authentic. access to information has has made us a lot more of a visual culture. Well, yeah. We're more visual and and historically a more feminine culture uh as far thank as thank you so much no it it's it's true it's funny that uh pretty is nice. i don't want to go go too it far really into, into something ridiculous but uh what i'm trying to get get at is that uh things are very visual and design is very strong right? so mike i'm, I'm sorry emma has I, i'm sorry for interrupting but emma's builds are beautiful because she is a mechanic, but she is a she. Like, she has that feminine touch that you're talking about. And that's lovely. Well, so Mike's checking out a picture now. And that that's the guy, I'm like, how do you define He looks like a hipster. If you zoom in on that, that's Jeremy Hutch, right? Look he, look at what he's fucking working on, dude. And yeah, you tell me he doesn't know what he's doing. That's a chopper you, with no front well, brake. Do, do you recognize the frame? No, it has a front brake. Oh, does it? It does. The cable's hidden in the oh. fork. It's probably got one of those tiny little scoop, spool front brakes. But I mean, cool. I mean, this guy's just coming. He's he's switching shit out and coming up. I and mean, this is what people right. are doing. It's beautiful. Yeah, but you can't. Not everybody can afford a sixty-five thousand dollar engine. No, but mm, this isn't what that. they're doing. That's is a, uh, I find that's a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing really cool stuff. Um, the other thing we did is, no, no. and Terry, this comes around to you. Sure. We got to go visit Hollywood Electric. Oh man, Electrics. So I've heard you talk about it. Many other people talk about it. Uh, I think it's the leading zero dealer in the country, isn't it? It's been the number one zero dealer in the world for every single year that zero has been around. They. Uh, I I've heard this. We went there to check out this palace full of motorcycles, and found this like alley-sized yeah. showroom. I was joking with lies. I, I could make the joke it's like a million dollars a square foot on West Hollywood, but it, you know it's not. But the, this place is not that much bigger than the room we're in right now. It's not far from uh, Melrose. Um, so we went in there and we got to check it out and they have zeros and they have uh, uh, oh, 
Gen Zs. Yeah. Gen school. Zs. Have you, Emma, have you seen these Gen Zs? I have not. So basically, it looks like some weird scooter with a dump truck bed where the passenger seat would be. And it's got a humongous seat. And it's electric. And oh, and it... Um, it's only $3,500, and here's the best part. They're made in Detroit. Liza, is that your couch that he's eating? He's, that is, he's, he's, that's my camel saddle. Yeah, so you're going to have to go get my antique camel saddle and restuff it. I'm getting Evan to look this up. How do you spell that? G-E-N-Z-E, Gen Z. So there are these little electric scooters, but yeah, they're made in Detroit. Which is really cool, and they're selling the ton out a ton out of them. We've seen them before. I remember pictures that came up. Um, so yeah, they're leaders in electric and a small space. But the other thing that's really cool is that they developed a fairing for the Zero SRs, which surprisingly Zero had not done yet. Yep, and that was like I think when Liza Liza went in there a little before I did, but I think both of our first questions were, "Where's the fairing? Let's see it." Yeah, and what I love about this little tiny store storefront that they're now developing um aftermarket parts for zero because zero hasn't done that yet in, in 2013 they turned the first zero s's into supermoto bikes and then zero ended up doing it three years later because they right. did so many kits so but you know that's that's not unprecedented for dealers to do their own specials you know mm. when i um first came to the states and i worked for san luis obispo motorsports we were selling a lot of bandits and we did our own version of the bandit and i think back then i mean it's 20 years ago it's called the scarab and we'd pull the top end off the bandit put a jigsaw top end on it which got the horsepower up from like 100 to 140 and then it was all factory parts so it had a factory warranty and it became a dealer custom we used to sell the crap out of those things yeah so it's that's crazy. that's we sort used of to do a lot of that in the 70s that's what harlan well, this, and, this was yeah. mid 90s harlan and hollywood they, electric yeah, that was they, uh, that was a traditional thing to do they sponsor pike's peak races and they have a whole uh, mo- electric motorcycle right. racing series and they sponsor bikes out there so you know almost every other week they're traveling around the country going to like barber and going all these different racetrack so they've got a very high presence yeah so like harlan was one of the first to uh well he was the first he he put the high this high amperage controller in these little zeros and just gave it tons of torque and tons of power and uh, a couple years later zero did the same thing themselves and they called it the sr they always used to have the s bike but uh you know harlan's been one of the pioneers pushing the power limits of the bikes he's got little baby battery packs he puts in for the pikes peak race to act as like a super capacitor and you know so um and just like what you're saying and he's a super nice guy he he is so awesome they were so cool over there yep but we had being able to check out the fairing like that was pretty cool we looked at they put it on a race bike and it blended in beautifully so what what line are they selling they're just selling zeros and they're just selling the gen z's and that's it all electric they may be the only all electric uh, dealership yeah, in the country. So, you know, you think, you can answer me this, Terry. Sure. Let's think about Monterey where I work. Yeah. Who is the logical shoe-in to sell Zeros? Us or Tesla across the road? Oh, you guys, because people that buy motorcycles want to buy in a motorcycle shop. You know, yeah, but I mean, the, the you fact don't that think that the, the electric propulsion actually trumps the whole motorcycle thing i don't know i don't think i don't think i don't think 
uh, Elon Musk wants anything to do with money. No, he's, he was nearly killed on a bike, I, so he's got yeah. no personal I, interest. But it's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Who do you think would be more well, of a shoe into fit? I, I think I think your your dealership would be the best one to have because you are going to get lots of people that go across the street to charge their Tesla. They may ha- be motorcycle riders also, and they'll wander across the street if they knew that they had zeros. In fact, it's we, just amazing. We'd have to park them within view of yeah. the charging station. Well, we actually talked about this at the Peterson. People go to the Peterson, you know, to see cars, and we asked about the crossover, and yeah. basically they're like, no. Do people that are into cars and race cars really don't have an interest in bikes. So, Hey, when you guys were at the Hollywood Electric Shop, did you look straight up as you walked in the front door? I did. I saw something with my signature on it. <laughs> Jim, you know what that was? I think I do. Was that the first record-setting fairing that you uh, rode across country on? Yeah, that's the uh, the tail from my from my first bike. It finally got replaced with one built out of aluminum. Not that pizza was, boxes? That was made out of basically oh. plywood and milk carton paper, believe it or not. And what was and, and, the, and when, what was that record you broke then? Well, that was the first time I'd ever the, that electric motorcycles ever crossed country. The tail was short, and then I added a little cone on the back, but he's got the whole thing back there now. So signatures from when I first started across the country, uh, Craig Vetter had signed it originally, and Alan Smith, who, uh, believe it or not, I think we got an email from, we'll talk about that in a minute, but Alan Smith had signed it, Craig Vetter, because they helped me build it. And um, I can't remember what it was, but there's another famous guy, and he signed it. And the next thing I know is people just all of a sudden want to start signing it. And I think at one time I did a, a challenge where I had people guess, and I think it was like 2,800 signatures between the front fairing and back fairing. And, and so the back one's probably got 1,500. I think Liza's name's on it. She wrote it like 15 times, I saw it. No, Fantastic. I signed it. Penis McDick fart. <laughs> <laughs> but it is proudly displayed right over the entrance of, of Hollywood Electric. Yeah. So. 18 inch signature. <laughs> Five inch. So, um, and then we finished the uh, the trip off with a trip to Lucky Wheels Garage, which is this really cool right. um, co op garage space. And we had our chilling and grilling fest where we made had hot dogs and drinks, and people came out and we just hung out. And there were people on all sorts of like stupid, cre- you know, moped creations doing. Bombing down the street and there Doing were dogs on everywhere. Moped choppers and, and, and we like had a lot that. of fun. And you know, I've got some history with Lucky Wheels because uh, last year's Babes Ride Out, um, Lucky Wheels actually have a presence uh, at Babes Ride Out. They have a little workshop, so if your bike breaks down, they've got an on-duty mechanic. And I, I helped out a couple of times to get a couple of bikes rolling. But I'm guessing they'll probably be there again this year. Yeah, and uh, Miss Emma got a gift from Ashley and Jay. Oh, my God. Ashley and Jay were awesome. Ashley and oh Jay in love with you. gave me, I feel, the most aromatic bottle of gin I have ever tasted. My God, it's Probably wonderful. And it's it was lovely. Dutch. Is that the one I what? had? Yes, it's the one you had. I yeah. mean, it's the taste of jasmine. Oh, God, it's absolutely wonderful. It really is it in the is. room by chance? It is not. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. We got a good sample of it earlier. Though, but it's they were so lockdown. nice. Lockdown. And also thanks to Lucky Wheels because they were such good hosts. No, and Larry Luck- at Lucky Wheels riding. are cool cats. That Chris Wiggins guys, if you, if you know, he still owes me fifty bucks. So yeah. So <laughs> Larry and uh, Chris Wiggins were there, and we also had. Um, Oh, Narina was there with her friend and Shane and oh, uh, Ducati Daniel who spent Ducati a day here. Ducati Daniel. He brought his friend Angel. Now, for those who can't remember, Ducati Daniel, I spent a week with doing uh, factory Ducati training. And Greco Roman wrestling. Oh yeah, yes. he's, a, he's a really cool cat. But he's Shane was cool very too. Very cool guy. No, Shane was there, so shout out to him. Uh, anybody cool else dude. down there, Liza? I 
that's what I remember now. But we just hung out all the evening and had a fun time. And poor Jay uh, got a little bit of a reaming for from me. Uh, she you has a her. 2016 Sportster right. that has already had a wheel bearing replaced, a, a left fork seal, and the clutch. Nasty business. And it has an oil leak and... There's all sorts of all sorts of well, things, you know, but, but she's also has customized it herself. And there's many things being held on with zip ties, and that's where I kind of was calling her shit. Like, I love yeah, ties. you know what? If you're going to customize it or buy parts, like she bought a, a front little fairing to go on it that is not made for that bike, and it has a square cutout where the what? speedometer is. <laughs> so once the dial goes past 30, you can't see it again until you're at 90. <laughs> and I'm like, come I on, think I would take, enjoy take that, the time, actually. get a Dremel, cut it out. So here's what I'll say, because you roasted her enough the other day. You I don't did. have to continue. But what right. she does have is great vision for what she wants out of her bike. There you go. She had this steel, you know, steel tank all cleaned up, no paint. Um, she had these, I called, I'm like, this is a fucking death machine. How do you ride this around LA? Yes. The handlebars are like this. Drag bars. Okay, listeners, look, I got, I had an anxiety. look with your ears. Jim, Naked Jim, has his hands apart about six inches. They're so T-bars that have been chopped yeah, down. They're tiny. And I got nervous just sitting on it parked. I'm like, how do you ride this through L.A.? So I think she has great vision. Um, um, and she's doing a lot of stuff. She's doing a really cool paint thing using lace where you paint. Oh, it's fantastic. Lace. That's it's a really great cool. Mm -hmm. um, I just I was concerned, Emma, with a 2016 model bike that's already had things like wheel bearings. Yeah, that's a, I was going to say that's an uh, odd one. I mean, I'd love to know how much of that is Harley. I mean, I know clutches are weak. In sportsters, all sportsters on the road have got a feeble clutch. Mine just blew up. Yeah, right, Mine. and uh, that's quite what? common because they've just got this weird. Um, they've got this weird center plate that's riveted together, mm -hmm. and it's it it's a really janky design. But there are ways around it. Yeah, so, so I've upgraded mine with Barnett. Barnett makes an extra mm -hmm. clutch plate yeah. for them, and yeah. that's the, absolutely the way to go. If you fry your clutch in your sporty put a barnet in it wheel bearings that's kind of odd i'm, yeah, I'm kind of almost thinking that might be riding style and that dovetails sure. in with fork seals as well maybe so i was just a yeah. little suspect but um she's got she's got uh, an idea of what she wants and she's doing it and that was all i was just calling her like don't don't stop by just zip tying something on take it all the way which just goes back to my appreciation for the hipster stuff because they're into the detail and craftsmanship and they're kind of you know making me think oh, i need up my game too but yes i want to get to the next thing i've passed out something here and i think this is pretty cool honda's oh, God, making it some is. moves oh it's so cute so, oh my gosh following Whoa. the success of the honda grom and we know that small displacement bikes here in the u.s don't usually do well, but with the Grom and then in succession, um, you have the Kawasaki and now Benelli. Everyone's coming out with these clones, and it's it's starting to build up a following here for small bikes. It's the new generation and rider. <laughs> it's uh, so Honda. Now they're they're trying to figure out what what's next. Now, if you're familiar familiar with the Grom, it's kind of a modern looking thing. So they've come out with the monkey bike a traditional classic favorite this is smart because they're going to get the old timers right. who want to relive their youth oh and this thing but looks super authentic it's a 
brand new monkey bike, you can get it with ABS brakes. So it has the one and full down handlebars. Well, yeah. no, I mean it's it's based exactly on the Grom. So it's the same yes. four speed. It's the same one twenty five. It's fuel injected. It's got ABS. It's got front and rear rotors. I mean, it's a, it it rides like. A Grom. Perfect. But it's just completely laden with chrome. And it's classic. It's a very, very nice looking bike. My prediction with this, it's going to. It, they're going to fly out of the door. We've pre-ordered 30. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm expecting them all to sell out before they arrive. I already know two people. One of them lives in a cabin up in the Sierras. The other one does RV shit. And they're both like, oh, as soon as it hits the yeah. showroom, right. we're buying them. No, we, we've pre-ordered as many as Honda allowed us across the colors because I think they're doing red and yellow. How much are they? So uh, uh, the retail price with ABS is 4200 right. or 4000 ch- without. They're cheap as wow. chips. They're, wow. they're Grom money. You think it'd be Freya's first bike? Oh no! Oh. The things are, by the time Freya's bike riding it, age, like be we're going to have moved. So be, she's going to be riding a flying bike, mate. It'll be a sport. Oh, it'll be fantastic. <laughs> Bro, yeah, she's going to be riding a gravity-defying flying bike. Do you think she's going to be riding at thirty? <laughs> no, no, she's no. going to be riding at sixteen, <laughs> darling. Sixteen but, years. Fuck that, dude. She's going to be right next year. She's not even two, and she's got the throttle going. Yeah, she knows all about well, the Well, now, hang on. There's more news. More news, So, Eliza. they didn't stop there. That's a pretty big announcement, and I think a smart move. But seems like right on the heels of that, they made another announcement. I see something. On the They're paper. following up with the new Honda Cub. Now, we know the Cub, best-selling bike in the world, still in production in many right. countries. They're still rolling on the streets today. So what are they doing? They're going to make an updated Honda Cub. Can, can I talk a little bit about the Cub? Yeah. Um, in America, it's actually known as the Passport. It's the same bike. It is a Passport. And I want to talk about what a brilliant design this bike was. Because people, yeah, it's a Cub, it's a Passport, whatever. It's CT. So, so no, it's a C. The C. It's a C. C70. So C50, C70, C90. This is what people know them as in every country. Here in America, it's all the Passport. It's the Passport 70. I think in America, they were just sold as 70s, I want to say. Maybe 90s. But if we consider the design of the Cub, um, the first thing Honda wanted to do, what is the most intimidating thing for beginner motorcycles? Was it shifting gears? No. It was the clutch. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to delete the clutch, but we're going to keep the gear shift manual. That was step one. Step two, this is a world bike, remember? Now, do, does the whole world have paved roads? No. So what we're going to do is we're going to put a larger wheel right. on the bike. Big wheels. Big wheels. Honda Cubs have always had 17-inch wheels. And by big, not wide. No, but big diameter. Front and back. And the third one, which I absolutely adore. This is a a world bike, remember? In all cultures across the world, is it acceptable for women to wear pants? No. It is not. So, the Cub has an open frame. So, if a woman wants to ride it in a culture where she has to wear a skirt... She can do so. Right. And that 
also is reason why it has a fully enclosed chain for ease of maintenance but for any clothing restriction and that that's exactly and we've mentioned this before the problem in pakistan with women riding bikes is not illegal but it's not acceptable for a woman to have her legs apart right and they're actually talking about making a, a version of the cub there too now this is a fantastic design uh, this bike looks classic but modern right and the price on this this comes with abs yes is going to be thirty six hundred dollars i predict this is going to be a big seller I'm, I'm predicting completely the opposite, I'm afraid. I love it. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's going to be a hard sell, and I'll tell you why. It's not going to be a hard sell worldwide. It's going to be a hard sell in America. I can see Because that. you've got to think about the demographic. People are going to get all warm and fuzzy over the monkey bike because they're the guys in the 70s who were teenagers or school age when the monkey bike was out they're still riding if you want to get people to warm and fuzzy over the cub you've got to go back another 10 years to the early 60s that's 60 years ago (laughs) it's it's a long time so the kind of people who are getting warm and fuzzy over cubs are a little bit too old to be riding bikes i may be wrong the cub i think it's a masterful design but that's got very little crossover appeal to younger people well and and for instance for the people that i know that that ride who are right not that into motorcycles know what vespas are they've heard the name vespa before so if they were to go to the vespa dealership and buy a scooter they know what a vespa is because it's been around for 100 years the monkey is something completely different there's going to be people in their 50s and 60s who are harboring warm, fuzzy feelings about monkey bikes. They're going to buy them in their droves. And for younger people, and we've got plenty of young people in the room tonight, that's a fucking bitching-looking little bike, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah you're not quite though. so fond of that one on top, right? Am it's I- funny, though, because I would, I would ride that one. Right. I actually really want one now. The, the, thing, about, <laughs> the, the thing about the Cub is that I can almost see a, a scooter type as a smaller bike to ride. I, th- I think the monkey bike looks proportionally weird because it looks like a motorcycle but it's very small the cub looks correct Mm. as a small bike Uh, it's a masterful design same engine um automatic transmission in the cub man uh automatic clutch in the cub manual shift um manual transmission completely in the monkey i'd like to point out though one of the reasons i think that the cub will be successful is that they're not catering to the existing motorcyclist they're catering to people who may not be a motorcyclist now well honda always have right and because Mm -hmm. that's why it was so successful to begin with right and I think this might have a chance. I can see hipsters and people Maybe. in cities riding well, this. I'd love yeah. to see it do well, because I, I have so much reverence for that piece of design. But Honda's mantra from day one have always been, we don't care who you are. We don't care what gender you are. We don't care what age you are. We don't care what you do for a job. We don't care where you live. We are going to build a motorcycle that you can use. All you've got to do is buy it. And that's their, and that's why they've come up over the years with so many weird and wacky things like the gyros, three-wheelers, and some great bikes, but some not so great. Because it's always that drive to appeal to everyone. I think so, the Bay Area should do good because that's highly recognized overseas. That oh, it's a very not intimidating it's, it's bike It's a great-looking bike, and I have yeah. so much reverence for the whole cup fact, design. I think it's wonderful. Copied that design. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'd love to see it do well. We haven't pre-ordered any of them. We'll get one or two on Dropship. And I like the blue with the red seat. That's a very, very good-looking bike. Um, Liza, can we post these pictures up on our website, or are they covered by copyright? No, they're they're out in the world. Okay, very good. So, um, yeah, you know, let us know what you think. So when uh, is Honda going to make another V4 sports bike? That's I, I the noise they make. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where Honda's at with the V4s. Um, well said from somebody who just picked up a new old one. Yeah, Evan. Hello. You've got a vested interest in V4 sport bikes, haven't you? I went, hello. Yes. W- what are we talking about now? Yeah, which, V4s. Which, let's talk about your new bike. Okay, let's talk about it. What do you want to know? I want to know what it is. Okay. What year it is. Okay. What condition is it in. Okay. And how hard you are over it. Like, okay, right, in the pants. So Okay, let's... What U- is it? Step, B. step it, one. It is a B. Honda uh, VFR 700 Interceptor. Okay, now the... The the R is very important. It is a VFR, yeah, and it, I'm, it's not an F2. It's the normal one that was trying to beat the it was the Harley tariffs, you know, for the for the era that right. We're it's to it's the Reagan in. era. It's it's getting in under that. But mm-hmm. the important thing, it's an R, so it has gear-driven cams. Yes, yes. yes. But they were still calling it an interceptor, weren't they? Well, I think that's the best name ever, though, akin to the British Hold TV on, show. Are you guys have to leave? Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, we got to go back over the hill. All right, Dan oh, and Matt, I'm you sorry go. that we're going to lose you. We're, we're losing him. Dan and Matt and John has already left. Thank you for stopping in. Thanks for having us. Sure, no problem. All right, go ahead. Sorry about that, Evan. Oh, yeah. So, um, VFR 750, 1986. 700. 700. Right. Uh, and it's an 86. It's not the F2. It's the normal one. And it's red, white, and blue. Which yeah, is the it's, best. The, it's the Honda racing colors. Yes, and it is in pretty damn good shape, isn't it? Well, it's all right. It's all the paint's there, and the fairing's been nicked up. It was dropped on the left side. The previous owner is a really well-to-do guy with family, and he was driving on, uh, you know, Skyline or something, ice cream grade, and he hit the back brake too hard. And I've even done it uh, going in the straight line, right, munching the back brake, and it, it locks up. So in a turn, he slammed it and went down, low-sided. And then just decided, you know, I think this is the time to give it up. I think he's right. going, you know, approaching that age where you decide, you make the decision, do I do this or do I not do this? And he right. let it go for cheap, man. I came and picked it up. He was happy that I had it. He's like, have fun. Yeah, that was pretty good, though. Yeah, it's a, it's a great looking bike. Um, the biggest issue I have, and it's not just a, a, a Honda problem. It's a, it's a problem with all sport bikes from that era. It's this. got some wacky sized wheels on it. Yeah. Some 16 inches. 16 inch on the front and 18 inch on the back. Mm-hmm. And your choice of rubber is pretty much zero. And yeah. they're really narrow too. Well, it's yeah. actually three. I've got three choices of rubber and they're know, all bad. They're all not great. So I just pick the best of those and hope for the best. Well, and you know, seriously, I would start scanning Flea Bay for a set of CBR 600 Generation 1 wheels. Yeah, they would look good. Is that a Fireblade? Uh, well, Fireblade was 900. Would um, that work? Yeah, they've got, they've got no, Fireblade had a 16-inch front wheel. 
Oh, shit. Well, the Gen 1s did. They went to 17-inch. Your best bet, CBR 600, 17-inch mm-hmm. front and rear, and then you've got a choice rubber. You're never going to be able to go really wide on the back. And and what... Okay, so I guess for people listening, you know, you've got this older sports bike. I don't know much about how the dynamics of the bike are working, but I do know that it's uncomfortable turning at slow speeds, that bike. That's that bike. Just Yeah, a lot of it... Honda was still trying to figure out weight distribution on that bike, and they are heavy in the front. They It, it wants to track a different way than I point it when it's low right. speed. So. Yeah, so it's... You know, a 17-inch wheel's going to yeah. help, mm. but it's not going to cure a basic design fault. Mm. See, Honda took the whole idea... If you want to talk about weight distribution on the bike, if you draw an imaginary line from the top of the headstock to the rear wheel spindle, the rear wheel axle, everything below and in front of that line is helping you. Everything above and behind it is hindering you. Mm. So the more forward you can get weight and down the more stable the bike becomes. Isn't that bike quite low and kind it of It is indeed. But Honda was still trying to figure out the actual dynamics of it when yeah. your bike rolled off the line. Yeah. They nailed it in later production. <laughs> and I still maintain the VFR series is probably one of the best all-round bikes to come out of Japan. The fourth and fifth gen. Oh, good Lord. They're, they're, they're extraordinary good bikes. Well, congratulations yeah. on your new bike. Did you sell your uh, Ascot yet? It is going to Gary. It is a process. Going, uh, going, gone. It, 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 Goldwing he, Gary. He's, he's right. called it. He's called Goldwing it. Goldwing Gary. All right. Well, I wanted to give Mike a chance because he hasn't been here in a while because he sucks. Yeah, I've got a baby. <laughs> but, Mike, can you um, go through some of the details you did? We've mentioned Mary's bike, the build that you did, but I want to give you an opportunity just to mention some of the things that you did do on this because it came out looking tits, dude. Yeah, all right. So um, it's a Savage 650 1995, um, and it came with 5,000 miles on it. So, that's I mean, that's great. The, the, the best build to me is the ones that, that I know are going to run, you know. <laughs> So um, basically, what I did was when you, when you pull the rear end off of that, it's a bit different than my uh, VTX. The the subframe doesn't go all the way back over the tire. It it's just these short little nubs. So I was able to just cut those off and like I took your advice. I didn't stick rubber caps in them, but I put a bar across the end of it. Oh, cool. Um, and then like it, I basically broke the building it down into a couple different stages, and um, one of them was access to a welder and Emma. So, and, um, and I got a bunch of parts from TC brothers, um, you know, nothing bolt on just everything was uh, pretty, pretty good for the fabrication of it. I really like their, their stuff. It's good quality and it welds well, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, the first part was, was chopping everything off and kind of just tucking the wires. And the second thing was looking at it and trying to see like how I want to, you know, what kind of build. So what it, the thing I was looking to do was, um, kind of make it look vintage I wanted to like really clean it up and look at bare bones, so when you look at the bike, you could see right through it. Because every time, you know, I'd be looking. Because I, when I'm looking to build like something, I'm always looking at other people's bikes and like what are they doing. And the common theme that I see with these bikes is people will bob them out, um, but they are always leaving the airbox and the battery right in the middle of it. it, which is a little bit weird to me. Or they'll take out the airbox, put pod filters in, but leave the battery. And the battery, 
looks like a giant chrome <laughs> toaster right yeah. in the middle. Like, it's just so fucking weird. And I, I don't understand. I'm, you know, if you look it up right now, Savage 650 Bobber, you'll just see like this big chrome thing. And it's like, you know, really some really great builds. And then the other people who went the full distance with these bikes are the guys who buy like the Rika, um, you know, hardtail. So the, the ones that actually go full retard with the bike are, you know, guys who are getting these like $1,200 Rika rear ends and hardtailing it out, and then they go that distance to take everything out of it. Well, that's not what I was going to do. So basically, um, Emma and I, Emma, we welded on the uh, um, brackets for the rear. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a good time, didn't we? We went in the back garden. We yeah. had a couple of beers, and yeah. we had the MIG welder, and we got busy. Well, that not that one. I don't know where the fuck you put the battery, but fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, you picked the one fucking picture of the guy with the with the battery missing, Good job. Henry. It was the first. It was the first thing that came up on the image yeah, there, search. There's the battery under the seat. You're Native American, aren't you? <laughs> Gone with the window. Keep going, Mike. Keep going. Anyway, um, yeah. So we 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 uh, put the fe- the fender on. We figured it out, and and working with Emma to do it was pretty interesting because. I had like ideas of how to do it, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting over there. She's like, "Oh no, do it like this, do it like that," and I'm like, "The way that I am, I'm kind of like, well, that's not what I was gonna do." But then I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna let it go and let's see. I'm just gonna trust your judgment on it." And she was spot on. Like when you put on the bungs on the yes. fender first, and then you got the angle of it right, and then we cut them and welded right. those uh, those brackets. I mean, it was just it was really really um, a very efficient way. You know, it was a very it. efficient way, and it was a neat way. So exactly. when we got everything, when you got everything powder coated, you know, it looks factory. It's That's great. what I was looking for. Yeah, it doesn't That's look like a lash-up job. Well, I want to point out, though, you gave it the mic touch, and there is plenty of leather work on it. Yeah. What leather did you put on it? Uh, so Mary's from Denmark, so she wanted to have, like, a Viking-themed bike. So what we did was we, I, you know, kept everything black on the bike, and then we, we powder coat. I got everything powder coated, like a sparkle gunmetal gray with a little bit of a gloss. And to kind of go with that theme, I made a, um, an Odin-themed uh, seat. And so basically the entire seat's like a bobber seat. Um, and what I did was I, I used a, uh, some sort of leather tanner to, to make it like a gray. So when the seat starts to marble, it kind of looks like a piece of stone, the seat. It's pretty sick. And then like going with the, you know, the, uh, Scandinavian theme that she's got this wicked knife. I got her for her birthday with like a carved, um, it's, it looks like a, like an antler that's carved with deers and shit all over it. Basically, what I did was I made her a knife sheath with like a dragon or a snake eating its tail. I love that you made a sheath for your wife's knife to mount it to her bike. Yeah, it was critical. <laughs> I mean, that was the that was really the the, the key that element there, to the bike. That's a good husband. But see, we put a Harley headlight in the front. Emma helped yeah. me with that. We had to figure out how to jam the mm-hmm. uh, original mounting to fit in the headlight and I didn't think it was going to be the way it is and again Emma all of a sudden I come in and she's like oh yeah just do this do that the other thing and I'm looking at it I'm like that's not what I was going to do and I'm watching her go at it and I'm like I think it's going to work <laughs> and sure enough I put it in and it fucking, and it works it fits perfectly <laughs> and I can still adjust it it almost look it doesn't yeah, look stock yeah I mean, I mean that's, that's the whole thing I mean it's you know and it's going back to your friend Liza you know if, if you're going to customize a bike 
you know, less freaking zip ties and more like <laughs> OEM kind of fasteners are the way to go. Yeah, it looks proper. It, so here's one of the so what going keeping with the theme is I made her a, a side bag because she like the two things that Mary asked me for with the bike is she's like I want ape hangers and I was like uh, I'm starting to look at the bike, the geometry, and the people riding on them on Google Images, and it's like dudes. And then I'm looking at him like, that guy don't look that big, but he's still a guy, and that bike looks tiny on him. And I was like, ape hangers might not be a good I want ape hangers. I was like, all right, ape hangers it is. You know, that's the only request. And I want a bag that fits my purse. And I'm like, motherfucker, <laughs> are you serious? So I, I did what I did. I took all the measurements of her purse, and I sat there and figured it out. And I'm sitting there, like, all hours of the night sewing this fucking purse together, uh, the side bag. And what's really cool is I, I made my own mount for it, and then I painted it black. So if you look at the bike and you're looking at where her bag is mounted, it looks like a stock mount because it just kind of blends right. in. It's super cool. Um, Do you know what the whole thing about the purse is? Let me tell you about the purse. Tell me about the purse. Because I'm riding my bike, and I've got my purse, and I've got it over my shoulder. Because normally when I'm walking around, I've just got it over my right shoulder. Yeah. But when I ride the bike, I put it over my head, so it kind of crosses my body. Yeah. Now, when you get... Up to above 60, 70 miles an hour. It's flapping. It's flapping. Yeah. And you can tell where I've been because you look in the street and there's a stick of lipstick there and there's yeah. this and this and this and there's a trail of debris leading to where I've been. Yeah. You know, and leading to where I'm going. So, um, yeah, bag for your purse. That's the smartest thing in the world. And yeah. I'd like to point some out that ties in with what... Uh, Mike's building what we some of the builds that we saw in LA and going back to Jay's bike and the zip ties and here's the thing there's artistry in a bracket oh yeah some of the some of the builds we saw it was well I'm taking this existing light from an old you know triumph and I'm mounting it to this thing and it's something you don't see, but yeah. it's taking the time to make the thing you don't see so that it blends. It blends. That's exactly what I was That's thinking. That's artistry. I, I want you to look right. at it and be like, is that bag just floating there? And then you look behind it and you can't really tell, but there's just this really clean black well, metal plate. Well, you, you want know? the eye to focus on the bag and not some horrendous exactly. piece of angle iron holding it on. Well, see, yeah, it's, it's where you want your eyes to be drawn. Well, the interesting thing about building this bike for me was you know, taking all the steps that I didn't take with Luck Lucky Charms. Right. And like I, like, I built Lucky Charms in like two weeks. You know what I mean? But this bike, I've been taking about well, over two months to do. To be fair, this bike came from a different place to Lucky Charms. Yeah. You customized Lucky Charms because you had a giant purple... Yeah. Cruiser. Yeah, it was that nobody wanted. <laughs> That's right. And nobody, and nobody Lucky, would buy it. And Lucky Charms was born was like... It was like a phoenix. Yeah, it was like a phoenix. I've got this piece of crap that nobody wants. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to build something out of it. And that's where you started with Lucky Charms. That's yeah. where that's an award winning Mike started. Right. That's correct. And that's an achievement building a bike from that standpoint. And my Guzzi came from the same standpoint. Oh, yeah. yeah. It came from a bike that nobody wanted because it was so ugly. See, I can't even put my bike in the same class as yours, though. Because no, you can't. That, that bike is is it. You wouldn't even. People are like, "Oh, is it? It's an old stool bike." It's like, dude. And then you show them a picture of what the bike actually is, and they're right. like confused. You know, like my bike, it's really easy to see. Oh, you just chopped a couple things off and painted it up. Nice no, but, it, but no, it's, it's a lot it, of work. It, no, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah. It's you take something that nobody wanted and make it into something desirable. But that's mm -hmm. where Lucky Charms was from. But I, the new one, it, come, it, it came from a different place in your head. Well, here's the fun thing about building it was I'd be sitting there thinking about it at night, like visualizing the finished product of it. 
and and getting really excited about like can't wait to finish his phase to see like if it meets my uh, expectations. And uh, going back to the bag, the the it's like a an Odin's hammer, but like an old Norse style picture of it. Basically, with the whole entire lid is the hammer of Thor, but it's like three dimensional because I bolted it on top of it, so it goes with like the fold of the bag to the top. And then the uh, the grips I made are custom grips, and they're they're tooled also, and they're um, the two crows crossed over that are usually on Odin's shoulders. So when you look at the bike, I mean it's 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 fucking dope. And the really cool thing, one of the, it's, here's the other thing is you would probably notice is other people come up and they see the bike, they're like, oh, that's a cool bike, whatever, you know. But the fucking awesomest thing to me was running all the wires in the handlebars. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're like, oh, shit, there's like no, maybe you don't even notice, but like there's no wires there. And then that mini controller, the M unit that I got, uh huh. it's just like, it's like the size of uh, two dimes or something side by side. And I, it, it's mounted right to the handlebars and it's basically a little toggle switch you turn, which is a kill switch. And it's super fresh looking and a tiny little button and it starts it up. And then... Um, Last thing is the hardest part doing on this bike was all the electrical. It always is. And it was hiding it. It was like after I pulled that battery out, there's this huge gap. It goes back to the the best details are the ones you don't see. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, too, I've, I've had some people come up and they're like, oh, it's a cool bike. They just kind of look at it. I'm like, no, 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 but you got to check this out. You got to like, don't you see like you got to see the stuff you can't there. see. Yeah. Like, don't you, don't you see there's nothing to see there Grab by the fucking neck and be like, no, look, motherfucker. You know what I mean? How long this like, took me? But, yeah. you know, I'll tell you what, we need to do that. We need to put them in for, say, the one show or something. You know what I'm going to do? The Redwood Rumble's coming up. I'm bringing my bike and Mary's bike and Freya's bike, and I'm lining them all up right next to each other. Can I bring the goosey up? Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's do the Redwood Rumble. Yeah. I want to I wanna win that, motherfucker. I want two awards. I want to be two, Mikey two times. Well, you, you know, know Mike, third place, third right. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, nasty business. Whoa. Whoa. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, you did a great job. I'm. I'm I want to see what you come up with next. Yeah, I think I want to turn a savage into a cafe. I want to do a dope cafe. Uh, I think go. I could do a really good one. Yeah, uh, you know, like not a hipster one though. I'm no, talking like a, a sick one. Another savage. So no CX500 for you? I don't know. I want. Well, I want to do one like yours, like your yellow one w- with a hard w- tail, with a hard fucking. One of the, the most beloved English cafe racer bikes factory cafe racer bikes was the bsa dbd 34 gold star so you could probably do a lot worse than looking at the lines of a gold star and then seeing how you can apply that to a savage and interestingly enough gold star was also a single cylinder bike i just love the the hard the hard fairing in the back with the light like like uh recessed in it and the seat that kind of just comes up on the back there right like right into it that's that'd be a different build Ah. All right. Did we get any emails this week, Liza? You know, we did. And not only did we get emails, we got a, a little uh, box of uh, presents. Yes, so we did. So I wanted did. to give a shout out to Scott from Portland. Thank you very hey, much. Scott. I sent us a bunch of tools and stuff. And because of all the road rage lately, there's some yellow cards to give to Bex. <laughs> Yeah, like yellow cards. Oh, like, like a actual like yellow a card? Like a referee. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, but he says, P.S., please tell Nock to stop eating during the podcast. Please. Or th- at the very least, talking with his mouth full of masticated whatever. It's the, the unfortunate thing is, um, 
He just has this oversized tongue and an undersized palate, and he just sounds that way. He's, he's got a, very, a he's got an underbite. He can't help it. He's have you got ever a really noticed small that, jaw. Yeah, have you ever noticed that underbite? It's really quite unfortunate and tragic. He just sounds like it all the time. You yeah. dare knock. I know. Yeah. But we do have some more emails. Jim, which email should we read first? Uh, how about a couple of shout-outs? Because we get so many emails, but we want to at least recognize people here. So here's a shout-out to Ken Harrell. Uh, hey, listening. Ken. Hey, Ken. Shout-out, dude. Thanks for writing in. Uh, listening to Emma talk about rings, three-inch balls, rods, slaps, knock. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, and he's thinking about coming down. So, hey, thanks for letting us know. Another one from Jim Schnell, the fourth. Big shout out to him. Um, he's been riding a long time, had a lot of cool bikes. Um, anyway, just shout out. Thanks for writing Hey, in. Jim, thanks. Another one to Andy Cheatham. Oh, I know Andy. Yeah, he's Andy. from Shropshire. <laughs> so he's a very handsome man as well and quite he's a fit. He's a very well-groomed man. He's yeah. extremely, he doesn't have a pot belly or a, he doesn't have a dad bod. No, but well, he's... Those are in right now. Yeah, he's looking good. And he picks a picture of some crazy-ass road in Grand uh, Canary. He's oh, he's, a, he's in the yeah. Canaries, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And then uh, another shout-out to Matt Curran. Um, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. And he is, just wanted to say motorcycling is not dead, and you amazing people, even award-winning Mike at the Recycle hey. Garage, are definitely helping. So, hey, thanks, uh, Matthew Kern, for really uh, like writing me. in. We appreciate thanks. it, brother. And, yeah, so just some quick shout-outs. What else do we have, Emma? Oh, let me see. I've got an email here from Ben Blass. Um, Future Classics, greetings from humid Alabama. Um, thrilled to hear you've got an RC51 around the garage. That would be Sydney's. It's one of my dream bikes, too. It's a lot of people's dream bikes. Um, we've talked about Future Classics in the past. He's wondering um, what they're going to be. He's got a few. Ducati 916, yeah, it's a maybe. Lucky Charms. Um, XR1200, Harley, which I definitely agree with. Gen 1 R1, yeah, not so sure about the R1s. Ducati Um, Scrambler? Oh, I think the Gen 1 R1 is going to be... Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it could. Um, Would love to hear what Miss Emma thinks. Tra la la. So he didn't want to hear what you (laughs) think. Emma's Army Bama Regiment. You see, I've got a loyal listener. You've got a regiment. I whatever whatever you think is great, Ben, is okay with me, darling, because you're in Emma's army. Except for the Pacific Coast. <laughs> the Pacific. Don't you say anything bad about no. the. Oh, don't. Wait. Oh wait. Don't you say anything oh, bad wait, about the though. Pacific Coast. I took a picture. I sent it to Phil. We found a bike in the Peterson Museum. Yes. That far out passes the PC800 in ugliness, and you won't believe who designed this bike. The PC800 is a beautiful. You bike. will not believe. Who who designed, designed this bike? bike I've ever seen. Who designed it? Porsche. Well, I believe that. Well, okay. It's a one-off design. You Another know, conversation. I, I can tell you something that's uglier than a Porsche motorbike. That's a, that's a lo- <laughs> Lamborghini. That's a Lotus motorbike. All right. Uh, a Lotus. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Not a so good-looking mo- bike. modern classics? What's that? Not a Lamborghini one. Car manufacturers need to stay away from bike design. Oh. Let me tell you. Um, keep up the great work. Thank you all for all you do for the motorcycle community. Ben sent from my iPhone. Awesome. And Terry, you have one over there? Uh, um, yeah. Is it electric? It, it's full of elastic I know trickery. It's, I know it's kind of longer if you're able to yeah, truncate I can, it. I can truncate, sure. Uh, 
This is actually from Alan Smith, who I was actually talking about Alan. earlier. Alan. 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 Alan helped me build the first electric streamliner that crossed the country. Oh, anyway, very nice. Alan writes in, high lives on the rest of Misfits. Um, I'm impressed on how you keep everything new each week. Anyway, he's he wants to announce the date for the next Vetter motorcycle. Ooh, yes, he's a big one. Yeah. So normally, normally there's a few that are held, well... There was a few that used to be held every year, and then, as lots of the listeners know, Craig got blasted by a deer uh, a couple of years ago, and they haven't been that frequent since. Uh, we did one with, with the Recycle Garage. Uh, we actually left Corbin's a couple of years ago. I think it was 2015. Yep, I was on that one. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, we took a heavy traffic road through Moss Landing. We basically had to ride on the shoulder for, like, yeah, 10 miles. Yeah, too. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, Alan's going to do it again this year. He says, Mike Corbin is celebrating 50 years in the motorcycle seat business. Everybody that rides motorcycles <laughs> knows Corbin seats. They're the best out there. But anyway, he's located in Hollister, and he wants to host the Vetter Fuel Economy uh, motorcycle fuel com- competition this year for his 50th anniversary. He's going to have a big, huge booth, and the, the motorcycle <laughs> competition is going to be the best. They have uh, all sorts of different awards they're going to do this year. Uh, one's going to be for the bike that gets the worst fuel economy, which I think Liza got in 2015. With oh, gas. no. I, I think I still you know hold the record. No. Liza got the record one year. I'll tell you who got the record a couple of years back. Isaac on his ST1100. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what did he get? So oh, any, God, it's something ridiculous. So anyway, the competition is going to be uh, Friday, July 6th, um, right? And, and it's basically oh. because this is the only motorcycle fuel economy competition in the entire country this year. Normally, there's always one at Vintage Days in yes. Ohio, right? Uh, but there is not going to be one this year. So they've got all sorts of people from the East Coast that are going to be coming to Corbin's um, for it. So, That's so, going to be awesome. So here's what we're going to do. As everyone is aware, we've got a contingent going to Vintage Days in Ohio. Those who don't go to Ohio will go and do the Economy Challenge at Hollister. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but there are going to be misfits doing the Economy Challenge. And if you have a jigsaw, definitely show up. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have already talked about this. There's not any real official Hollister rally, but Corbin's is going to be a blowout. Oh, 50th anniversary. 50th and Mike Corbin is the neatest guy. We've talked about Mike so many times on this podcast. He's the coolest cat, but... um, yeah, if you can't make it to Vintage Days, you're on the West Coast, get out to Hollister for, uh, you know, the weekend. It's going to be a blast, and you will meet some misfits. Don't know which ones yet, but they'll be the cool ones. So awesome. the, the quick route is going to be, uh, it's going to head south on Scenic Highway 25 and stop for lunch in King City. Perfect. And anybody who's got an electric, there's plenty of charge stations in King City, so everybody can charge up and come back. He says, for the competition day, show up at the Corbin factory, Friday, July 6th, 9 a.m. is the meetup for meet and greet, have a full tank of gas, a charged battery, and they're going to leave for the competition at 10 a.m. So, And keep your receipt if you got a gas bike. <laughs> yeah. But anyone can enter. And they actually like people on non-streamlined bikes to... Right. Yeah. I did it on um, 500 Vulcan. And the year I did it, a couple guys showed up on some vintage uh, gold wings. Yeah, with, with Vetter fairings. fairings. Cool. Yeah, Craig was all over that. I lost Very one cool. year on the FC6. So for yeah. info on the uh, 50th anniversary of Corbin's, go to Corbin.com. And for information on the Fuel Economy Challenge, Corbin.com forward slash rally forward slash challenge rules PDF. Fantastic. Thank you, Terry. Awesome. So I have one here. I guess my Craigslist uh, thing has sparked some. I got a few emails about <laughs> how stupid I am. But as I said, I have just 
the right amount of dumb, I think. Um, <laughs> I got a story about that from a ride this afternoon, by the way. Uh, this is uh, from Troy, and he says, Just throwing my two cents in, some guy here in Australia was shot after telling someone that he wouldn't accept their crack junkie offer on something <laughs> they were selling on Facebook. Both parties devolving to name-calling and threats instead of just saying no thanks. Cheers from Troy. Yeah, I was, I'm aware that that is, is a risk. But still, I choose to stand up to bullies and assholes. It's my decision. Liza, we went through all this last week. I'm not entirely sure that just saying no way to somebody's offer, you didn't throw the first bullying stone. I'm just going to throw it out there. Here's what I will say, just to to divert a little bit, is talking about Liza's decision-making today. We're ripping down 101 or wrap back up 101, and we're getting all windy through somewhere Gonzalez or south of there down by a Soledad. And I see Liza all of a sudden starting to reach over with her left hand to operate the throttle, right? Which at probably 70 or 80 is not a great idea. As she does it, the whole front end shudders and shit happens and everything. Turns out she was reaching across her handlebars to use the throttle with her left hand. What did you do? I accidentally hit the the stu- the, the turn kill on switch. the kill, the kill switch, switch. With my <laughs> at like eighty with her left hand on the throttle. Did you shit lock up? No, no. When when you ride with your uh, left hand to run the throttle, go cross underarm. You can go hundreds of miles like that and switch back and go back. Oh, oh. well, actually, what was happening? My um my motorcycle pants, the zipper had come up in the wind, and the they were slapping me in the ass so fucking hard, man. <laughs> Somebody has to. That's why you that need awesome. cruise control. So I think we have time for one more email evan do you have one there i do have one all right well here we go this is from josh turner thanks josh hey josh hey josh says misfits i really dig the podcast i think i found it when it was mentioned on the motorcycle men podcast i live in rural motorcycle who motorcycle Motorcycle men who's that i'm just kidding hey ted hey ted we love you man ted's the bestest I agree. Uh, It says, I live in rural Pennsylvania, so riding is season-specific. We have three seasons here. Winter, almost summer, and road construction. (laughs) It says, uh, I like that. Uh, It says, uh, some stuff, and then going on, it says, last year I decided uh, that he needed a bigger bike so that uh, he could ride with his kids uh, on the back and enjoy riding. So I sold the KZ to a friend and bought a 2001 V-Star 1100 Custom from another friend. So that's my current ride, and I'm slowly making it my own, meaning customizing it. Everyone in America cool. customizes their bike. Um, one, uh, it says, one issue I have is that I'm a big fat guy, 6'3", 400 pounds. Uh, and I can't ride for much more than an hour because my back starts to hurt and the stock seat hurts my tailbone. I bought a driver's backrest, but it pushes me a little too far forward and my left leg starts falling asleep see a doctor for that i guess i need to save some money up and get an aftermarket seat i just hate the idea of spending the money just to find that it doesn't help either i really enjoy the podcast and always want to look forward to the next one i don't know about an up the butt bike uh so it may be a concept not not as a fan but aside from a cruiser i've always wanted a naked bandit 1200 oh yeah that's yeah. a good bike which i would add risers and a set of motocross bars to give it a more a little more comfortable position i have seen that done and yeah, and you know, you can pop a lot of money on an expensive seat. <laughs> Jim's done it. And but you know, I've toured cross country on a Corbin seat when that was the best option you can have. Now they have things like I, I can't do a, a, a big trip without my airhawk seat. So there's many different and things you, know, you can I, do. I but have, I've got a cheap solution just for him to try. Um, because you know, money's tight for everybody. Um, go down to Ross or go down to anywhere and just get the cheapest memory foam pillow you can yeah rip the cover off 
cut it to about the same width as your seat, plunk your ass on it. If it works well, you'll know that memory foam's the way to go and you can maybe get it covered and attached to your seat. If it doesn't work, move on to the next solution. You know, you can get a memory foam pillow these days for 20 bucks. You know what, too? You could always just stop at a hand job house every one hour. You yeah, there is Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. In, in That's general, every two hours, Mike. I was going to say, though, like, Another option would be uh, beaded seats as well. I have them on right. my bike as well, and I know they're not for everybody, and people always make fun of you about riding on anal beads, but <laughs> they work. That's all right. I say. In, gen- in general, a, a aftermarket seat is going to be better than a factory seat. If in general, you, that's if, what I find. If you can afford one. Well, but they, but at a great expense, but there, but there are things. There's pads. There's... The air hawk. There's the 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 taxi beads. Didn't you shove a bunch of newspaper in your pants? So there there are a lot of options to try. Um, For most people that would need an aftermarket seat, I'd say go that route. But if I remember hearing right, I mean, uh, he's probably in the top three percent as far as large guys out there. Oh yeah, he's a big guy. And if he wants to really do motorcycling his whole life. I would seriously suggest he. I think I take, know where you're going. Take a vacation out here, <laughs> and have them whatever bike he's got. They can get one at the factory, and they yeah. do ride-in service. They can actually make a seat custom for him because he's such a big guy. All the memory foam pills, it's just not going to fit him. Yeah, well, and here's what I'll, here's what I'll say is I've been to Corbin a couple of times getting seat maids, and and every time I'm there, there's big dudes there yeah. on big bikes, right. and, and that's bad the thing. Fucking the, seats the, made. the seat wizards that he has working for them. They have been working for him for t- more than oh, 20 years. I, I want to say it's Ricardo, is the gray-haired guy. He's been there yeah. forever. They, these guys are artisans. They have they made both of my seats that I've got on my bike. They made mine custom for me so I could sit like eight inches back to accommodate my dog. You know, who's going to do that? Like, I couldn't. Just you. I couldn't <laughs> mo- I couldn't uh, repair or mock up a stock seat to do what I did. I mean, I needed something custom um, made. And this guy needs something like that. The other thing I'm going to throw out there, and this is an option, because you will sometimes find uh, aftermarket seats on eBay. When somebody sells their bike, a lot of times they'll put the stock seat back on and throw that. seat on eBay to try and recoup some of that money. Always check there first. You might find a good deal. And the thing is, is you can take that seat. If it's Corbin, for example, go to the factory and they'll rework it for you. They'll reshape it and they'll put new fabric on top of it, whatever you want, for a fraction of the price of a new seat. The the thing I want to say about Corbin, this is going to sound like a love fest to Corbin this week, but for the Norton, Let's use the Norton as an example. A gunfighter for a gunfighter seat for Norton Commando is four hundred bucks. For a completely custom-made one to fit your ass, not a single penny more. Yep. It's a f- basically it's a free service. What it's if, amazing. What if I want a Union Jack stitched into it? They'll do anything. They'll they they'll put whatever pattern you want on it. You want ostrich. You want yeah, this. Yeah. If they've got it. They'll put it on. No, so, I, I just said that because I know you got the Union Jack on. I your, got the Union I Jack put on. What type of bike he said he said he had? But the best thing for him would be to take up the riders area and the passenger area and just make it one giant riders area for him. Yeah, it's tough yeah. on a cruiser because you've got that stepped seat. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's on a cruiser, so the rider portion's down. Yeah, passenger portion. Well, you know up, what he can so do? He can move that uh, rider area up to match the passenger area. If he's a big tall, he said it was six four three. He, yeah. he, or six three. He's got plenty of leg space. He can. Yeah, sit that's up a true. Bit, you know, 
We'll figure something out. Some. Well, cool. Thank you, everyone, for sending in emails. Keep them coming. We're doing our best to keep up with them, and um, but know that they do all get read. And hey, guys, we're at two hours. I think it's time to wrap. You it have up. wasted another one hundred and twenty minutes of your life listening to us, but we, we love you for it. But we still don't have enough time to cover all the things on our list every week. But maybe, there's always maybe we next need to start week. doing. Three-hour pod. No, let's not. Uh, better doing them on Saturday. Walk out of this room and walk back in. The way it smells, three hours in. You know what? I, you know. You know. Really, what I want to do, Liza, coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah. I want to do a couple of history holes. Yeah, we need to start putting that together too. Is it dark and dank? It is dark and dank. Dust and, it off. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there. Last time I took inventory, so nice. um, we'll do a couple more history holes coming up in the I very, kind of very imagine near future. It's very similar to the Garage Company warehouse. I'm sure it is. The spare parts room, like that, exactly, that cardboard exactly. box. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of cardboard awesome. boxes in but there. But that's where the good stuff is. In exactly. The it's the best. Stuff. So just remember, if you haven't been already, go on over to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Find the links to everything there. You'll find links to Instagram, to YouTube, Facebook, to our Patreon, if you'd like to be a subscriber. And get your name in for the drawing. Buy yourself a mug for your tea with a picture of me in bed with a Yamaha on it. Yeah. And exactly, you find a link to our Zazzle page where everything is there, except you have to take the uh, the filter off to find naked gyms. Right, you got to go to the X-ray. So this is a point where I say thank you very much for listening. And again, thank you to our subscribers, yes. Patreon subscribers, and to everyone emailing, and we appreciate it. Thanks again. This is Liza. Go electric, Terry. Mike. Henry. Oh, Emma, darling. Evan. Thanks, LA. Make it, Jim. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. cool.